Roku? No, Ron uh, sent me a message saying he would not be able to be here today. Jason the Coco Man can't be here today. He's at a um, ham, uh, fest ham, ham fest or something like that. So, the light is green. It's looking like we are on the air. So, yep, Coco Talk episode 72 is going live in three fingers, two fingers, and my favorite <laughs> finger. And here we go. <laughs> Hey, Nick Marotas here. This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. Streaming live on YouTube and Roku, available as a podcast and enjoyed the world over. And now, here's your host. All right, everybody, we are live and we are on the air, and welcome to episode 72 of Coco Talk Live, the show where we never know what we're going to talk about, and it's never stopped <laughs> us yet, and it never will. We've already got a huge global audience in attendance already, so Curtis Boyle is in the audience in the live chat, so is Mark Overholzel, Nick Morota is here, Tim Franklin is here, and Rob Inman, <laughs> and Rob says, let's get this train wreck started. That's right. We are leaving the station. We've got all kinds of coal in the thing and majiggy, and we're 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 heading. And Rob's we're heading off for uh, Jim Brain, who's off to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Firebox. So, um, so yeah, and we don't even know what the topic is today. You notice that I don't have a topic listed because we don't know what the topic is. And when has that ever stopped us before? Nice. We've got to be a long show. We've got plenty of hot air. We can keep this balloon airborne for hours. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a great panel. We've got a mostly great panel here. Um, let's see. There's a few people here. I'd prefer not to be here, but we won't mention them by name. Uh, but <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we have legendary game designer Rick Adams is with us. Can I get a thank you? You're too good. Thank you. Thank you. You're too good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Legend in his. George Carlin sound alike contest going on right here. <laughs> We have um, legend in his own mind, one of many Canadians, Al Curtis Boyles among us today. Hello, Curtis. Welcome back. Thank you. You're not kind enough. <laughs> Thank you. Good day. Um, Mark D. Overholzer, back from his daughter's wedding and in one piece. Yay. And it's, I, and it's your daughter's wedding, not your sister or sister yeah, or your wife or your mother or your aunt whatever it was so and um i found out something yeah then i was your your daughter's name is madison much like my daughter's yep. name is madison yep. although my daughter is not getting married anytime soon she's only 17 so that's good <laughs> yeah so, i have to say uh, uh, congratulations to mark and i'm sorry that i wasn't able to actually join in at the wedding i was at for my goddaughter but unfortunately i was out in the farm here and then i had almost no connection at all i couldn't even watch or listen to the show live so hmm. Hmm. so I this tried. is curtis's lame excuse for not being on the show last week is that what it was yeah, and the week before was okay. work, and... so i got two lame <laughs> listen it's also the the smoke from the forest fires was interfering with the connection too so yeah <laughs> that wasn't back bacon being smoked back there or well, anything? Was, it, <laughs> was that jimmy hendrix song brown haze i think it was <laughs> Nick Marota says, if it was your wife's wedding, it would have been awkward. So, <laughs> all right, now, Brian, help me out with your name. It's it's Weasler, right? We? Yep, that's it. Weasler. Brian Brian Weasler. You've been with us once or twice for several minutes at a time. Hopefully, you'll stay around for the duration of the show today. Welcome, Brian. Um, 
maybe we'll get you we'll put you on the spot here in a few minutes and we'll play that game uh tell your life story put a random stranger on the spot again and tell his life story on uh, on live television for the internet um we have freaking greg is with us grant lady what's going on greg hey guys how's it going today it is going good we have Al Hartman with us from Al's Computer Place and all kinds of other corners of the planet. How are you doing, Al? Uh, we're doing okay. Doing okay over there in Jersey. And Tom's Jersey. speaking of Jersey. Here comes Tom C. Sure. Yes. Use guys. How are you guys doing over there in Jersey? We're okay. All right. Good, good, good. We have with the special guest of the show, Dave Phillipson. How are you, Dave? He's doing, doing well. All right. Almost cued the crickets, but you got in just in time. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for being here. We have my favorite stain, James Diffendaffer, is with us. Always here to make your genetics <laughs> modern rich. <laughs> I still think you should make some sort of a Rorschach blot test that looks like a train for all the trains that go through on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it says Mandelbrot. Mandelbrot. No respect. I just, the Mandelbrot. It took 12 hours to render that Mandelbrot on a cocoa. It deserves more mistake. It took more me respect. 0.5 seconds to do the same design on the way to the wedding on the windshield of my car. <laughs> <laughs> that long. You, That's you, know, Canadians you know what was the last thing that went through that bug's mind? His butt. His butt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have father of international celebrity, voice talent, artiste, and um, just all-around talented guy the father of jacob moore bruce moore is with us hey bruce how are you hey doing good and the real star jacob moore is with us welcome jacob all right so we're here this train wreck is is already in motion uh nick marota is here everybody say hi to nick marota hi nick all right and the other nick nick marota is here um which other nick nick morentes yeah <laughs> oh, did I forget Nick Marentes? I did, because I'm going around the circle, and he's like in the middle of the circle. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Good night, everyone. So I, I, I did mention there was somebody, there was a few, at least one person on the show I wasn't that crazy about, right? So that <laughs> <laughs> The secret has been revealed. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my senility uh, is kicking in. <laughs> I had muted anyway because we've got some heavy rain happening right now, so I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I'm through the mic anyway, so I thought, oh, yeah, just shut up. Right. Don't hear it Inter- here at all. International celebrity, just, cra- just, creator just that lame of lame Australian yeah. accent of yours. That's all. So. Yeah, creator of <laughs> Fun Star for OS9, available on ROM cartridge. We have from down under Nick Morentes. Good day, Nick. <laughs> Good day, everyone. <laughs> How are you? Good day. Good day. Um, Thanks for reminding me that I forgot to uh, introduce Nick. Excellent. Um, so we did get Brian to agree to play the game. Let's put a stranger on the spot. So we, since we don't have Brian on the on the program all the time, and there, there are hundreds of people who are dying to know everything about you, Brian, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your former life when retro was new? What did you do? Um, and then what are you doing now in the retro hobby? And how are you getting your retro fix? Hey, welcome. Yeah, um, similar story to a lot of folks probably. We're uh, back in the uh, early 80s there, uh, gotten in, getting into computers there and mowing lawns to save up enough money to, to buy the equipment. Uh, started out with a Cocoa 2 and then went to the 3, uh, set myself up with the drives and stuff. But uh, that's how I got started with it way back and then put the stuff away. But 
Never, uh, never did much with it after the '90s. It all kind of sat in a box, um, but it did uh, spawn a career. I've been in IT pretty much my whole uh, uh, working, and uh, just recently wanted to uh, start doing a little bit of googling and stumbled across uh, what you guys are doing here and uh, wanted to uh, hop in and join the group. It's a, uh, uh, it was always a, a real joy to to play with the equipment and uh, to do things. Uh, was part of a local. Uh, group here in Iowa, uh, where I'm at, and uh, up here in the Midwest, been here my whole life, and um, just wanted to uh, continue and get back into the, back into it. It's a quite, uh, quite amazing, uh, all that has been done since, uh, since then, and what's certainly happening now. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you, and uh, you're also on the Facebook group, right? And so you're chiming in on Facebook from time to time, and you're also on Discord with us, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, um, great, uh, great communication. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So everybody, welcome Brian to the collective. Welcome, Brian. <laughs> Resistance is futile, right? So, um, thank you for being here, Brian. Yep. Yes, thank you, thank you. You're too kind. Uh, <laughs> I need to get a sound bite of that and put it in the soundboard. <laughs> oh, hey, that's great. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, well, that's great, and and we're not going to put Dave Phillipson on the spot, but Dave, anytime you want to chime in with some stories and some knowledge, whatever. Feel free to do that. Yeah, Everyone thanks. does. Yep. Everyone does. Dave oh. something back in the day. So, yeah, we need to hear from him. <laughs> Rob Inman says, assimilate him. Yes. Yeah, so, all right, we're here. Uh, uh, Nick, you mentioned you've got a project update for us on uh Yeah, on I've, actually, um, I've actually started some code for my game, Gunstar. So, finally getting past the whole music thing that I've spent so much time on. So I've got, I've got a, I can probably bring up a screenshot if I can remember how to share a screen in, a, in this um, program. Uh, hang on, I'll just bring up a, uh, where is it? Here and sharing. So can you see that? That's yeah. easy. Ooh. Yeah, so Ooh. it's basically the title page. So, um, um, it, yeah, so I've, I've put some graphics together. That's the official title page to the game. The area in between the Battle for Earth and press fire button to start, that's going to have the, the credits, you know, programmed by some idiot from Australia, copyright, <laughs> blah, blah, whatever. Right, and, right. And then that'll change to the high score table as well. So this game uh, will have a high score table that is saved to disc. Nice. Um, <laughs> and and then it'll go into a, a, a demo of the game. But that's the title page now. So the game is now actually starting to take shape. I generally um, do the this part of the uh, the game first. The so title pages, the high score pages, and everything around it that it develops the framework of the game and it lets me create some of the the base um, routines that I'll need later on and once I've got all those parts done then the actual game itself gets slotted in but yeah that's my project update for this week that's interesting that, that you do it that order because I, I know some other developers actually prefer to get the core game code done and they save the title pages for last because otherwise they make a fancy title page and they kind of lose interest and they never finish. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I actually do, and and you'd remember this is, um, 
if there's a specific hard part of the game, like this one here was trying to create the, the scrolling and the a new sprite routine, uh, if you saw the blog, uh, it's, it's in the first chapter. And I wanted to prove that that works first before I actually start the game. So I have created some of the, some of the game, the basic game uh, routines for scrolling and, um, and comparing the um, scrolling speed. And that was when I was doing all the 6309 tests, if you remember, Curtis. Yeah. So I did that first uh, before I start anything to see if the game's actually going to be possible or whether, whether I can actually uh, do it. Once I've uh, verified that I can do it, that it looks like it's a, you know, a go-ahead, then I start the coding, which is usually the high score page, the, the title page, and you know, the base routines that are wrapped around the game. Um, I, I also do that as a way of um, motivation because the quicker you get some code up and running that you can see, the more interested you are then to keep going rather than bogging straight down into all the elaborate code. You know, it might take a while to get all the game actually running, to actually visible. So this to me is a quick way of getting some graphics up, some part of the game running. So I feel then that, wow, this game's starting to take shape. I'll go ahead and do the game. So, yeah, it's... It's mixed reasons why I do it this way, but I've always done it that way. So, okay. yeah. It's just interesting because I know some other developers do it the other way. Yeah, they, they want, work the other way. I, I yeah, tend to They work. want the game first and they'll add the frills, like, you know, music tracks and... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do all that last. stuff first. Yeah. Okay, cool. We, well, I live upside, uh, on the other side of the, uh, the planet, you know, upside yeah, you down. Yeah, you so, do everything upside down. So we down, do things right? backwards, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, Roger Taylor just stopped in and said, hey, it's Funstar. <laughs> yeah. How do I stop this sharing? <laughs> Damn thing. Com coming soon to OS 9, Funstar. Is that Starfield, is that going to be a static image or will that yeah, possibly it's be? it's a static uh, image because in the game, this is where the music will play. Okay. So I've got to activate the music um, next as well. So so it'll be a static screen because I've got to devote the entire CPU to do uh, to do, to do the music. Yeah. Okay. So a static page, but you know, I just wanted a nice looking title. Page no, it looks good. So. This look, this looks better than like some of the. This looks better than like Space Quest on the Tandy One Thousands title screen. You know what I mean? This is like dithering, and you got some all yeah. kinds of stuff going on there. This looks really look good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You realize they keep raise the bar pretty high here. I mean, this this <laughs> this game better well, look good. We're going to after, after 30 years, I'd like to think that I've actually learned something. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope, so, right? The only animation you'll see on the screen will be the the line uh, press fire button to f to start will flash while it's okay, playing. like like kind of pulsing and shades so, of yeah, red. Yeah, that, that's all really. The rest is yeah. static. Um, Pal when the, the music animation. is finished, yeah, when the music is finished, uh, it'll keep the page up but the text will change to the high score table. Mm. Uh, play that for a, for a while, and then it'll go into a, a game demo mode and play a bit of a demo by itself, like an attract mode, uh, right. and then loop back to the title page and play the music again. So okay. that, that's the plan so far anyway. You developed this but, on your Mega, right? Use the graphics program? The graphics I did, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I thought. So. All right, I'll stop the sharing now. No, that looks really good. That looks really good. Thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah, that's my project update. Okay. Oh, who now? Who's doing this? Forest of Doom. 
Return, Return to the Force of Doom. Return. Ooh. Concept art there. This looks like, like embroidery. Monochrome pixel art. Yellow yeah, embroidery. P mode four. Look like it was the look like embroidery there because you could see like the individual stitchings and stuff in there, the pixels. Yeah. 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 Um, put that back up again. It was on the screen too briefly, or is that meant to be a super tease? It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can put it back on for a second. All right. Return to the forest of doom. So I, I, I'm with I'm with Nick on the idea of concept art as being inspirational. Yeah. Like that's about it. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. Doesn't mean anything's going to happen, but uh, but uh, you know, I put this together. This is like this actually does inspire me. I, I'm gonna. Who knows? This might turn into a first person uh, exploration. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Now that's neat. That's very and, cool. And if, and if you don't, you can always make it into a throw rug because it's already stitched and ready to go. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Can I get that? Can I get that? No, one meter by two meter. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So, uh, you know, and I was thinking too, Nick, because I, I do have a few news articles. A few people have recently re, um, you know, just got Popstar Pilot for the first time. And when you get Popstar Pilot, you basically get the entire Nick Marinti's collection. And there's a lot of games Nick has made. And I think I've played all of Nick's games like once and obviously didn't do very well at them but i kind of did like the review and i sucked and i died and it was game over and end of video and i was really thinking that i need to spend like a day with the nick morenti's collection and just playing the games because your space invaders game is really good and you know i know there's a boss at the end that i've never seen um and stuff like that your game where you kind of looks like the Zevius, where you're flying over and scrolling and stuff you've got a lot of really good games that i've really only kind of like you know, dipped my toe in the water on, and I'm sure there's a few more hours of enjoyment out of those games. And so, maybe like a, I haven't done it in a while, but maybe like a, a live stream marathon again of just playing Coco games, and we'll go through and just do the Nick Morenti's collection and just cycle through a bunch of Nick games and play them, um, okay. and try to promote. You know, hey, if you like these games, you can buy them. You know, type of thing. And the um, my last customer for Popstar Pilot that you're talking about. Um, is actually here live on the uh, show, Al yeah. Hartman. Yeah. So I don't know if he's had a chance to play the game yet. Not yet. I've been trying to get DriveWire running so I could try it. DriveWire, DriveWire, TTL, TTL. So the, the gender changer this morning that I needed. <laughs> the what? I have to transgender to run Popstar Pilot. <laughs> Uh, well, Grant's already been through a gender change. He can give you some insight to that. So it only looks like a gender change because his gender is upside down. Ah. <laughs> That's Australian. Australian. Okay. It's it's a, it's <laughs> yeah, Rupert Rhymes. We got to play Rupert Rhymes. We've got to play uh, Donut Disaster. Nick Morenti, Australian for male. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm uh, a problem. My new USB to RS-232 cable is not being recognized by the system. I get a nice little exclamation point. So now we can add to why did Candy do that? Why did mm. do that? Uh, are you running Windows 10 by any chance? Yes, I'm running Windows 10. Yeah, there are some issues. I've, I've had several of these USB to DB9 dongles that all stopped working on Windows 10, but I had to order a specific one where the driver 
was recognizable. And I got the cheap one. So every time I plug it and unplug it, it just uh, sequentially adds itself to a higher COM port every single time. So if you've set your software for COM7, the next time you plug it in, it's on COM8 and so on and so forth. So uh, that's what you get for $11 on uh, Amazon. So, uh, uh, the ones we use at work. One, I guess, because this one not working. Mm. Or I've got a downgrade, or maybe it's upgrade my system to Windows 7. Yeah, upgrade in this case here, right? So, uh, the ones we use at work that seem to work really good on everything from Windows 10 down to Unix is uh, one made by a company called A10, A-T-E-N. Okay. A-10? They work really good. A10, yeah, they're they're probably more like fifteen or twenty dollars, but they work reliably on like everything. Okay. Wait, I'll try anything. Yeah, uh, Coco Man is watching us live, and Coco Man can't be with us today because he is at the Ohio QSO party so let's give a shout out to um coco man i was getting ready to share my sound again because whenever somebody else shares so let's let's say hi to coco hey, man you got your coco three yet and um i'll show you where jason is he posted the link of where he was today so he's at this ohio qso party get ready for the 2018 ohi qp august 25th 2018 noon to midnight eastern time congratulations so um this is where Jason is, and he has mentioned in the live chat that his uh, his cell reception out there, not that good. So usually when he's on a um, correspondent journey, he would, uh, you know, come in live on his phone or so whatever, but he doesn't have the bandwidth or the connectivity to do that. But hello. Um, hello to you. Now we just got a question. So <laughs> Dwayne says, am I allowed to ask what this series is? Yeah, it's called Coco Talk, and we're a retro uh, talk show. Yes, you are allowed to ask. You just did. Um, so Jason's with us in the live chat. He's with us here in spirit. Richard Lorbieski, Troll Jr., is with us here in the live chat. He's calling me cheap because I bought a cheap adapter, saying cheap is my middle name. Um, yeah. So so you don't have um, you don't have a computer with a CD drive and an SD card reader where you can just copy it from the CD to an SD card and put it on the Coco SDC. I do not have a Coco SDC. Ah, well, that's a problem. That's the problem. Yes. Yes. Well, that's in the future, you know. I, yeah. I have you got a Have you got a way of creating a five and a quarter inch disc? I do. I I would have to go do that, but I'm not there yet. Okay. Go to my office to do that. I'm trying to just uh, trying to do it from the from where the Coco 3 is with the media computer rather than going into the office and making a disc. Gotcha. So DriveWire would be your ideal way of doing it and you're just having some problems with the connectivity getting that happening. Yeah, right now I, I will get it. I'll figure it out. If, if, yeah. If not well, DriveWire, I'll make a floppy. I'd have to go into the office when in doubt, just just reach out to David Ladd. He can get you going. So anything to do with floppies and drive wire, David's got you covered. Yeah, so. but mention drive wire to David, he goes to DEF CON <laughs> He gets into <laughs> he gets into excitement mode. Um Rage quits the call. <laughs> Uh, anybody else have any type of project update or news they want to share with us before we take a little break here? Um, pro acquisitions, anybody get anything new? I know we got Al just got his pop star pilot. And, um, and Timberman. And you got Timberman too, huh? 
Yeah, because I want to support the Cocoa um, software authors. Sure, sure. We appreciate that. Yeah, here I'm just I'm pulling up your picture right now that you had posted in the Facebook group. Al Hartman, I received my copy of Pop Star Pilot that I ordered last Saturday. Yeah, I haven't played best. it yet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Your Friday. So. Well, do you, do you have a do you have a PC that with an optical drive reader? Yeah, yeah. I've already copied it onto my server. Okay. I can get to it in the office and. Um, I have to use the uh, the Win Image program to copy the files off the Cocoa disk onto a regular floppy. So that will be next. Gotcha, gotcha. I wanted to get DriveWire working because because I wanted to. I had it working before with, on this very computer under Windows 10, but I can't find that serial to, to USB cable anywhere. And I'm looking and looking. All right. Well, I'm sure you'll get it going. Yeah, um, recognizing the uh, serial port now. I had to reboot the computer. Nice. But, hey, at least it's working. Hey, uh, Stevie, um, yes. the uh, yep. Retro Challenge is active. Uh, the 2018-09 Retro Challenge is now open. If anybody wants to. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got that queued up in oh, the yeah. news. We would talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Good deal, good deal. All right, so Al's got Popstar Pilot. That's a recent acquisition. Uh, anyone else got any acquisitions? Uh, or actually, I just thought of one. Go ahead, Nick. Um, if you remember last week, I was talking about Window Master, and yeah. uh, I was I was having difficulty getting uh, a version that I obtained um, running on my Coco Three. Um, just just to uh, recap. I actually own a copy of uh, Windows Master, but the floppy disk uh, that it came that I had with it is uh, corrupt, and I haven't been able to use it for years. So I pulled it out of the archives, uh, you know, and I was wondering about trying to get it up and running because it sounds like an interesting program. Um, but of course. Um, all the copies that I've uh, obtained uh, illegally, let's say the, the archives, uh, didn't work. <laughs> so anyway, I came in contact with someone who actually said he uh, has a version two of it that works. And it works on his computer, but sent me a copy. Wouldn't work on my computer. Couldn't work out why the hell it doesn't work on mine. It works on his fine, he says. We compared hardware to see what was different between our machines. They were both the same, 6309, 512K, all that. But for some reason, wouldn't work on my Coco 3. Finally found out what the difference is, and I have now got it running. Um, he has a Coco SDC. But the firmware, the SDC DOS on his um, card hasn't been upgraded. He's still running the old version 1.2, okay. whereas I've, I've kept it all you know, up to date. I think they're up to 1.6. So I, um, with um, whatever, how, I can't pronounce his name, but the fellow who runs the uh, Coco 3 archive, Guillaume, yeah, whatever. Guillaume, yeah. He, uh, he put up a, a copy of the 1.2 setup disk and I uh, installed it as a second ROM image for the Coco SDC. Okay. So I can just selectively boot from that ROM. 
Uh, and uh, voila, Windows Master is working on my uh, Coco 3. So now uh, just a matter of having some time to play with it, but success. It does look like a pretty good little um, program. It, it, it actually patches into uh, standard BASIC and gives you all these extra commands in BASIC for doing windowing and, and things. And it's not too bad speed-wise. It's probably a little bit slower than... Um, um, multi-view on the on the Coca under under Nitrous Nine, um, but overall it's pretty good for basic. It's uh, sure. quite powerful. It's uh, yeah. So maybe I'll have a better report of what Windows Master is all about. Ultimately, I'd like to convince um, Bill Vergona, the author, to mm -hmm. try re-release Windows Master in a uncopy protected state, and then market it and sell it hopefully for a, a more reasonable price than what he's sure. currently got uh, so that more people can can buy it or you know use the program I also got to find out whether software I can create on in this environment uh, can be distributed uh, along with the runtime so people can actually use any programs that I develop so yeah work yeah, in progress that's the same same issue we had with Graph Express from Sundog because they added a bunch of windowing and sprite and multi-voice music routines to basic. And the same thing, you had to you know get permission from them to distribute the runtime. Mm. Now, I talked to him late, far later, like not too long ago, and he said actually most of the time he was letting you have that for free. He said only if you were doing some massive commercial game was he going to charge you any small amount to distribute the runtime. But that's not clearly stated in the manual, so I think most people just read that and go, well, I'm not going to set, you know, distribute mm -hmm. something that I have to pay extra f just to distribute. So I don't think mm -hmm. anybody ever did. Yeah, and, and I was, well. was going to ask you too, um, since it seems to be a bug in the later versions of the ROM on the SDC or the firmware on the SDC, have you reported back to Darren Atkinson or anybody to uh, see what happened and if we could fix it for a new version? Uh, um, no, I have actually emailed Darren when I was looking for the 1.2 uh, update. Uh, I haven't heard back as yet, but uh, I could, yeah, I'll uh, email to him and let him know what I found um, and see if uh, he can work out why it's not working because ultimately that's going to be a problem even if it does get released that people can't use the damn thing unless they downgrade their Coco SDC. So that's no good. Yeah, because then, then you lose streaming and everything else, like some of the stuff that Ed everything Snyder's been right. writing wouldn't work. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what the, what the cause is, I don't know, but at least I have it running. Uh, at least, at least this version I've got. It's an old version two. It's not the latest version three. Um, ultimately, I'd like to try get a version three, but uh, I'm prepared to buy a copy. But the thing is, uh, I'd want an uncopy protected version, of course. I don't have a floppy sure. disk. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, well, that's my so that's, latest acquisition. You want if you want to call it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that story. Hopefully, we'll have a happy ending as we continue to work on that. And that was the great. That was the, that that gave us the title of last week's episode of Abe Vigoda. So it was Bill Vergona is his name. Yeah, Bill. Las, yeah. Originally from Bill. Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Vegas, our very own Jim Brain of Retro Innovations is attending some type of electronics function out there in Vegas. And so we may have some correspondence from him later in the afternoon or the evening. He mentioned that if we did an after dark, he might be able to join us and show us what's going on, uh, some Commodore stuff that's taking place out in Vegas. So that might be interesting. Um, cool stuff. I just want to mention a little side story on Bill Vergona, too. I mean, almost all the stuff that uh, Sircomp, his company in Vegas, distributed were quite heavily copy protected. Now, Chet Simpson 
uh, who did, you know, Gold Runner 2000 and stuff like that, uh, was also in Vegas and he was kind of a cocky teenager and, and Bill had advertised that nobody could break his software, software protection. And one story Chet liked to tell was that he actually broke it and he was like 16 or 17 at the time. And he actually went to Bill's house to hand him a copy of his broken version of the software. <laughs> Bill was not happy. Wow. <laughs> no. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's All right. How about we do this? We are going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to mention our sponsors. We're going to take a commercial break and we'll be back. But we got plenty to talk about. Diego has just joined us. Hey, Diego. How are you doing, guys? Good, good. And Dave Phillipson uh, mentioned he had to go. Said uh, I got to drop off the video for now. The wife is calling. Might join you back later. So thanks for being here for a little bit, Dave. Thanks for joining us, Diego. All right, so let's take a look at some of our sponsors, and then we'll run a commercial break. Um, so we must acknowledge those who are contributing to the color computer community, including the Coco VGA project at CocoVGA.com, Troll Jr., Richard Lorbieski at Boyson Technologies at B-O-Y-S-O-N Tech.com, where you can get the Boomerang E2 board and the Paradigm joystick adapters and so much more. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at Go, the number four, Retro.com, all kinds of cool hardware add-ons for your Commodore Texas Instrument and Color Computers, Cloud9 Technologies, maker of fine color computer hardwares, upgrades, repairs, and peripherals since the last 20 years at cloud9tech.com. Turn an SD card into a bootable ROM pack with the sdpack.com DIY project. If you haven't already gotten yourself an RGB2 SCART cable, get yourself a switcheroo at coco3scartcable.com. Don't forget, we are live on Coco TV on Roku. Thank you to Roger Taylor. If you want to get a cool T-shirt like what Mark Overholzer and I have and like several others that got these cool Coco Talk and Coco shirts, you can visit the Retro Swag Shop. at eight, And I think Brian just got one too recently. 8bit256.com. Uh, if you want to find out more about the color computer, you can go to imacoconut.com for all your color computer needs. Uh, if you want to find out more about how to reach the cast and crew of Coco Talk, visit our website. CocoTalk.live. Let's not forget the Coco Crew Podcast, the show that started off everything. CocoCrew.org. Check them out. Our good friend of the show, Brian Joyce, Nick's neighbor, Extractus Productions at FD501.com. Last but not least, Ed Snyder at The Zipster Zone, Z-I-P-P-S-T-E-R Zone.com. Ed Snyder, of course, who's the producer of the SD, Coco SDC, the Mini MPI, the Mega MPI, and all kinds of other cool stuff. So check out TheZipsterZone.com. And we'll be back after these words. Hi, Ron Delvo, Timberman, Coco Fest. We'll return after these messages. Hi, I'm Bruce Moore, and this is Jacob Moore. Catch it? And we are the Forest of Doom guys, and the Coco Forever guys, and we are Coco Fest, and we love Stevie Stroh. What if, knowing what I know now, I could go back in time, join Tandy Corporation, and change the course of history? Coco forever. How does it feel? I'm still
Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamers TV Stro. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a gameplay goodness gameplay color computer gaming DVD today, gameplay head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring color computer gameplay videos by the Original Gamer Stevie Stro. So to get your very own copy of a gameplay goodness color computer gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stro sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Now me turn you to call, call, talk. Thank you, Speech Sound Pack. Thank you, you're too kind. And thank you. Yes, yeah, so we got a couple of uh, Bruce Moore clips in there and Coco Talk bringing you more Bruce Moore with every episode. Last week, I think we had about 89% Bruce Moore content in that episode. We are going to try to raise that bar each and every week. Um, so we're back. And what's the topic? <laughs> we. We've centered in uh, on our Hollywood squares here. We've got exactly nine people in the panel, so this is great. I'll take Rick Adams to block center square. Uh, <laughs> so uh, um, I do have something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Let me just show you. I'm adding this to Omnistar. Uh, there's some. Here's how you can log in. There's these a bunch of. Uh, uh people here you can log in as any of these people so okay I David Ladd, curtis boyle mark overholzer nick morentes grant leady rick adams all right i'm yep. famous i'm famous yes yes <laughs> now, now i want to take you i want to take you over and show you the login and you'll notice this scary looking message yes all about you know you got to watch out about uh you know penalties under section 3.02 with risk of arrest and imprisonment. Well, section 3.02 is in there for a reason. Uh, there's a little story that goes about that. I almost got arrested in San Francisco one time due to section 3.02. Uh, let me turn the camera around again. Can. There we go. Um, yeah, I went to a, a city park with uh, my wife and our granddaughters and uh, my daughter and uh, they sent me back to get some stuff out of the car. So I went back to the car and on the way back in, I got stopped by a policeman and he pointed to a sign that said, uh, you know, you can't go into this park uh, if you're a person like an adult without a child. And because of section 3.02, and it's like, <laughs> well, you know, you can tell what they're, what they're you know, looking for there. They, they want to keep out the funny uncles, you know, that's all. Yes. Yeah, um, so. so I had to do some quick talk. Quick talk. He said, "Are you alone?" And I said, "Oh yeah, you know, because like, well, it's me and a couple of things I got in the car. And at the moment, I'm alone." And he's, you know, I was like, "Wrong answer." Yeah. So I had to do some quick, quick talking and not get arrested, and then you know, rejoin my group. Uh, but I was curious and looked up Section 3.02 of the of the San Francisco City Code, and what it says is uh, in black and white. It says you must obey all signs that are in city parks in San Francisco. So there you have it. That's what they were going to arrest me under. 
That seems like a circular <laughs> reasoning to me. So, anyway, that's the end of my item. Isn't there a song about signs? <laughs> yeah, everywhere is signs. Science, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what if you brought your own sign and put it up in the park? <laughs> now you're just playing the devil's advocate there, Bruce. Signs? We don't need no stinking signs. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. We're back. And um, we have, so Bruce, do you want to try to spearhead this discussion, this core dump discussion on how to make a color computer three act like a color computer two? Or I'm not even sure I'm properly um, going to explain it, but is this is this a segment we want to try to, uh, a topic we want to broach, should I say? Well, we can toss the idea around as a core dump. I mean, the idea was, I think, buying core dump is you've got something and you don't know how to do it, and you're looking for ideas on help or whatever, right? All right. Well, let me start the infographic here. So we're going to start off a core dump here, and we're going to turn it to the panel, and we're going to see where this goes. We might end up with one of these here, where the train just goes off the rail, but we'll find out here in just a minute here. So, or something uh <laughs> i hate it when these things don't fully loop properly and they don't start yeah, when i hit them up again here we go we'll do it live all right it's time for a core dump discussions solutions brainstorming often hosted by nick Morentes. this time possibly by bruce moore <laughs> let's get our core dump going here all right. Well, it's time for a core dump. Yep. Hey, Bill Noble has just joined us. Hey, Bill, how's it going, eh? All right, Bruce, you have the He's floor. Doing good. Three Canadians now. Look out. Uh, yeah. So, I, um, I guess what I was wondering about was running a cocoa. Well, let me back back up one here. So, our the cocoa two. At, I'm not sure at what point in the process the Coco twos uh, had 64k RAM in them. Was that maybe that was from the start? But it was hush hush or something. I don't know. Maybe anybody know about that exactly? The Coco twos? Yeah, most of them did have 64k, but maybe we didn't. no. There were some 16ks when it first came out. It was in, offered in 16 and 64k only. It was at the same time the Color Computer won 64k. The white right, case, right, right. But within you know a couple of years, I think they kind of kicked it over. Yeah. So the yeah yeah. So the deal the deal with the 64k is it was a little deceptive because um, the uh, the CPU can only address 64k worth of memory space, but we've got the ROMs in there. Uh, your color basic, extended color basic, disk basic, which don't take up. I'm not sure how much space they take up, but they don't take up a whole 32k. Um, so 24k to be uh, 24 okay so yeah 24. color basic takes 8k extended basic takes 8k and then disk right. basic takes 8k okay okay so so okay so you've got a you know what is that uh 8k leftover potentially yeah. So potentially yep yeah so so you've got 8k sitting there of address space doing nothing so if you could uh switch your coco 2 into all ram mode and copy your your ROMs in there. It should work just like normal. But you now you've got that extra 8K you can do something with. 
Yeah. There was actually patches for basic that gave you 40K through basic itself doing that commercial products back in the day. Right. So that would move things around. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the Dragon 64 actually had uh, an alternate, a second ROM that would do exactly that. Sweet. When you boot up, you'd just type exec and it would do that automatically. Nice. Nice. Right. So got me thinking about um so i was just, so so if i was to make a game that was you know using uh, you know using basic using just extended color basic graphics and that sort of thing like that little picture my concept art i just showed there i was just people mm-hmm. graphics um wouldn't it be nice to have access to that extra memory up there now the coco 3 does run in all RAM mode and patches and adds some super extended basic. But supposedly, uh, well, the ROMs are still there. The old ROMs are still there. Well, I guess what I'm wondering is, can we somehow downgrade the Coco 3 so it looks like a Coco 2 running in 64K RAM? The point being then, if you write a game that would run on a Coco 2, 64K all RAM, it could also run on your Coco 3. So then you've got, and then potentially the Dragon, right? Is this possible? You know, I've looked at charts, I've looked at things, I see things that say Coco 2 mode, I see that you can switch the ROM in, I, I've seen these things, but I, I don't, I don't, you know, I've spent uh, part of a day mucking around with them and really not getting anywhere. So theoretically, is this possible? Could it be done? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think it's yes. Uh, I don't know if anyone has actually used it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only di- major difference is that the um, there's like extra gimme registers and stuff in the, up in the IO area. So if, well, actually, that wouldn't be mapped as RAM anyway, although that should be fine. But yeah, basically, you'd have to basically copy the Coco 1 and 2 ROMs and the disk ROM if, if it's present um, over to your 64K RAM and then run its initialization routine without calling the super extended initialization routine, which adds all the Coco 3 stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it should be theoretically possible. I mean, you might have to switch the gimme into Coco 1 and 2 mode so that the SAM and VDG are all set up correctly for how the Coco 1 and 2 works. Right, and I saw on the Sock Masters gimme uh, page, I, I saw uh, where there was a, a compatibility mode there for switching. So I saw that. Um, yeah, that doesn't touch basic, though. That's just the gimme for how the hardware is set up for addressing right. video modes and, and RAM and, and stuff like that. So that, that yeah. would be part of the solution, but not the whole thing. You'd have to get the ROMs copied over as raw Coco 1 and 2 ROMs and then execute the initialization routines there so that it boots up without extend, super extended basic existing whatsoever. Right, and I was, I was trying to copy the ROMs. I would, what, I, what I did was I had a little machine language routine where it would, it would uh, switch to ROM mode grab the first couple of bytes, switch to RAM mode, write the first couple of bytes. And I figured if I just did that all the way through, I just... Well, have that. you tried any of the 64K? Like, there's a lot of little utilities that basically for 64K machines just copied the ROMs to RAM and then just stopped, and then you could patch basic and everything else for the Coco 1 and 2. Have you tried downloading one of those and just try running it and see if it actually will bring in the original Coco 1 and 2 ROMs? Because it wouldn't have a clue to give me or the Coco 3 ROMs even exist, which should theoretically not copy them or run them or anything else. Yeah, I saw in, um, there's some shareware stuff with TND software. They have a few utility disks, and I saw there's one called, uh, yeah, oh, what was it called? 
RAM 64 or something. There were, there were a couple of things there. Um, like Frank Hogg's original one from Color Computer News in 83 had a little basic program you type in that poked in the machine oh, language oh, that just copied the ROMs over to RAM too. Okay, okay. Well, that would be the first thing to look up. See, so here it is. Core dump is actually working now. Well, I don't know <laughs> if that's going to work in a Cocoa 3. I'm just saying that might it might work. I know, but you, you told me one other place to look, right? So so that's, yeah, that's certainly worth looking at. Maybe, maybe it won't work because the... Something funny with a gimme has to be set first or turned off. Now, I don't know. Th this is for a program you want to create in normal ROM basic, is it? Uh, yeah. So I, was, I was just wondering, because you're, you're doing something in basic 09 on the uh, level one OS 9, aren't you? Well, uh, I, the ROMs wouldn't matter then, would it? Right. This is another idea. I mean, I've just got oh, a bunch it's of another ideas one. around here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I would have thought that maybe for the Coco 3, if you've got a basic ROM basic program that is bigger than what's currently by default available, why don't you look at programs like Big Basic? I think they're available on the uh, Coco archive for the Coco 3. So you get you know, more, more RAM for base. It uses the 512K of RAM. Um, so you, it becomes, well, as it says, it's a big basic. It allow, allows you to write big programs. It does mean that it's specific to the Coco 3, but right. you know you might have something in your code that tries to detect, is it a Coco 3? Let's run big basic or whatever. Uh, if it's a Coco 1 and 2, we'll do the other patches to use the extra 8K. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting possibility. I suppose, you know, another another possibility would be if it's a Coco 3 is just to, you know, just to set up a RAM disk. That's for a lot of storage of data and that sort of thing. But I guess I was I was hoping to be able to do something where I could if I could switch the Coco 3 so it looks like a Coco 2, then I just have I just write it and it just like one routine, one program that does both. Yeah, yeah, one one ring to rule them all, you know, and and then you've got so then you, yeah, whatever that was. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that was the magic rainbow sheep that just yeah. came by to pay us a visit. Yeah, we got a follower called the Lemons. Okay. Yeah. Or Dad Dennis what, or something. That was just my what? question there. The idea being that that it could run on a Coco two, or a Coco three without. Having to write two different, essentially two different programs. That's all. Yeah, and still get advantage of using 64K through basic. Yes, and getting that extra chunk of memory up there for use. Yeah. So hmm. that's my idea. Well, yeah, uh, what, what's the additional data that you need to the, the extra RAM for? Um, well, I was uh, graphics, I was thinking actually. Graphics? Pre yeah, pre made, pre made images. And uh, you know, copying it down onto the the P mode four screen, or I'm just wondering, even even cache for your graphics and stuff. Essentially, yeah. Thing is, eight K is that enough? Even on a Coco one and two, I mean, uh, it's a page and a quarter. Yeah, but that's how, how much graphics have you got? <laughs> that's whereas on a Coco three. Well, that's the challenge, right? I mean, you know, can you? Within a Coco 2, can you still come up with something that looks good and runs okay? And there's a bit of a challenge there, right? There's yeah. your famous second layer. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. 
The truth is out there for this decade. It's the second layer. I'll, I'll have to see if I can dig up my CCN uh, computer news because I don't think those are on the archive yet, or at least not not very many of them, um, and find the 64K corner, which was Frank Hogg's column at the time when he was promoting Flex, and OS9 was just starting to come out, but he wrote if, you know, I think the article was famously called 64K for free, because that's when Tandy was selling 32K upgrades with 64K good chips, mm. and he wrote this program that you could write, yeah. he wrote a memory test program first to make sure that both banks yeah. worked fine, because not all did at the very beginning. And then he also wrote a program to copy your ROMs to RAM, and then you could you know, muck with BASIC or use the extra RAM that's unused, et cetera, to your heart's content. Yeah, I, re I remember that back in the day. That made some waves back then when, was it, he was the guy who kind of broke the news that, hey, you actually have 64K in your computer, yeah. but there's a twist to it, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, the twist was that they, there was a few Cocos that went out with not completely good chips, though I never saw one personally. I, everybody I knew that had the 32 computer, we tried this program, it worked on every single one. So I think the bad chips was fairly rare while working at spectrum projects we sold the 64k upgrades nobody ever called us and said hey i have a coco with half bad ram so i need to buy new 64k chips to upgrade it to replace them it never happened yeah because basically if, if the chip chips were half bad or, or bad enough that the 132k bank wouldn't work basically meant the chips were buggered up anyway so yeah i wouldn't have relied on them at all yeah hmm. Um, I, don't know Bruce. Why, I don't know why there was a high and low jumper on the logic board, but um, supposedly that was that if your bad memory cells were in the upper bank, then you'd set it to low, and if your bad cells were in the lower bank, you'd set it to high. To select which bank was automatically used as the 32K bank when you started the computer. Hmm. But I never saw one set to the high bank as default. Um, Bruce, um, rather than try to increase the amount of free space in BASIC, would a RAM disk help you then? Because you can just get a RAM disk for the COCO 3 uh, that uses the extra 128K or 512K of RAM as a RAM disk, or on a COCO 1 and 2, you know, I'm sure there's a RAM disk out there that uses the extra 64K RAM space maybe as a RAM disk. Um, so then your program is the same. They're both accessing a RAM disk. It's just the difference is that you need a different RAM disk driver for Cocoa 1 and 2 versus Cocoa 3. But once they're initialized, the basic program is talking to that, to a RAM disk. Yeah, yeah, that's got potential. Uh, and I I haven't heard of a RAM disk for a uh, 64K Cocoa, but if anybody... Yeah, just wondering. What was the name of the company uh, that did VDOS? Because VDOS was a... RAM disk for the Coco 1 and 2. Um, used to have full-page ads in Rainbow. I can't remember the name of the company now. VDOS. Huh. Now, VDOS is the name of the product. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there must be RAM disks out there. Yeah, Paul Martin had chimed in a little earlier, too, and I think Curtis commented on that. But Paul mentioned about copying the ROM to RAM into a higher VDOS location. VDOS is on the archive. I've seen it. It is? Okay. Yeah. It says, you, and so what were you saying, Curtis? You were... You were replying to Paul's comment about you can swap 32k banks in the lower 32k leaving the ROM in the upper 32k yeah that's the uh, uh, key 264 commercial product that's what it okay. did back in the day is that it basically gave you two versions well it kept the ROMs in there but basically it had some assembly language routines that in the high part of memory where you saved it with a clear 
that it would switch between two 32K basic RAM banks. You could actually literally have two programs running simultaneously. Well, not maybe not simultaneously, but you'd have two programs loaded and running. And if you wanted to switch between them, it, it just swapped the lower 32K between these two RAM banks right. and left the ROMs alone on the top. Right. Hmm. But yeah, what, what, what you want is a RAM disk for the Coco 1 and 2 that keeps the ROMs in place and keeps the lower RAM in place so it still runs as a normal Coco 2, 1 and 2, but the RAM disk driver would use that upper 32K RAM as a 32K RAM disk. That's pretty sure what VDOS does. Uh, Keys 264 yeah. kind of did that because the two basics, I think if I remember correctly, could talk to each other and send stuff back and forth, but I'm a, sure, I haven't yeah. used it in decades, so I don't remember for sure. Hmm. I did a quick search just now on the archive, and I see VDOS 1.0 by Dr. Preble's program. Dr. Preble's programs, yeah, that's the right one. Okay, okay, so that's worth pulling out and taking a look at. Hopefully there's a manual. Uh, well, that's a VDOS, all that came up was the zip file, so I guess we'll see. Time and then as far as the, uh, the disk basic one, I mean, Disto had their one that came with the 512 kepker. They let you initialize up to two um, you know, 35 track single-sided RAM disks yeah. on the Coco 3 side. Right. Hmm. Well, that might be a solution for you because yeah. you want one program that works on both. All the only difference is the uh, the RAM disks for each piece of uh, hardware, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that that could do it, actually. So, uh, so solution. We have solution. a solution. <clears throat> Potential solution, that's right. You yeah, that's know, right. You just do a little bit of code that checks, Coco 3, Coco 2. Yeah. On the archive, there's something called Super RAM Disk Basic Software from Disto. Yeah, that should be the Coco 3 one, if I remember correctly. And that's all. And there's another RAM disk up there from Color Venture. Yeah. But it's also Coco 3. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah. And I have, I don't know that it's up here yet. Someone asked me for a good copy of the Spectrum. Project 64K Utilities disk. So I I imaged it and someone checked it. Still waiting for someone to check out all the programs for me. But that has a program called 40K.bin. Yes, that's one of the ones I was trying to remember the name of. That one will let you have a 40K basic. Right. So I have that. Um, and I didn't want to upload it to the archive until I was sure that all the programs transferred correctly because the disk did have some read errors when I tried to image it as a disk. So what I did was I, I used CocoUtil and copied the files over one by one and then made a new disk with the files and then imaged that. Well, Bruce sounds like he might help you test that. <laughs> the 40K RAM, yeah, that's the one I was trying to remember that actually basically expanded basic to use the extra 8K once it copied the ROMs to RAM so that you had your 24K ROMs copied right. as and RAM images that, and then an extra 8K for a basic to use itself. Yeah, and on that disk is also a printer spooler and uh, something else. I have, to, um, I have the manual actually for, for it as I found all of the, um, the manuals for all the Spectrum software. If anybody's got a manual for this VDOS, that would be uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't see one on the archive. It's not in the zip either, I take it? Well, no, it's, it's something called info. Image. It's something called info inside the, uh, so yeah, let's 
take a look at that. I'm just I got it here right now. I'm just looking loading it in VCC. Run in. Could, could be a text file ASCII or something. Oh, didn't do anything. Well, I don't know. In the in the VDOS um, zip is just the disk image. I know it got reviewed fairly well in Rainbow, and they used to have full-page ads, and there was a pretty good uh, extensive review of it that might even give you some hints as to how to actually work it. I see here. It says uh, the, the info just says you have to uh, you have to put in a clear command, um, H77FF, and then you're supposed to, there's a poke, 150,18. So whatever, that's some, I guess that's some sort of hook. That's a printer, or the print hook, isn't it? 149 and 50, 150. I can't remember. 150. Well, that's interesting. I wonder what that's for. I'd have to. I'd have to take a look. I, I may be remembering that wrong. Huh. Okay. And the disc has VDOS on it and VDump. Yeah, VDump. If you take a look at the Rainbow ads or the Rainbow review, it'll tell you what both VDump and VDOS do. Okay, so I gotta I gotta go search a Rainbow for an ad to get some info on on these things. Yeah, anywhere from about 85 to 87, 88. I'm sure it's in pretty well every issue. Oh, okay. I was going to write a say we're going to have him search through three years of magazines <laughs> to find one. Hey, um, Dr. Preble had full page ads all the time, so it's it's pretty easy to find. There's a searchable index for Rainbow too, right? You could, yeah, yeah not for the ads. Rainbow and Hot Cocoa both yeah. have searchable oh. Yeah, there are searchable versions of Rainbow on the archive too, so just pull up one of those. Pick one in like early 86 or something and just search for VDOS. Okay. Hey, Rob Inman is asking a question. Is Graham, is Greg Zumwalt still around? And if so, has anyone been in touch with him? I haven't talked to Greg via email probably in about 10 years. I did get a hold of him for a while. He actually gave me permission to put his stuff up. And I think I might have even thrown a few up in the games archive, but he's got so much stuff there. I haven't had a chance to finish that yet. But I haven't heard from him in quite a while. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to get uh, get in touch with him. Um, so the the I want to make sure I understand what your goal is, Bruce. You're looking to have maximum RAM um, available to um, to a basic program for Coco Two. Well, I, I mean, that's also compatible with Coco Three, right? So yes, yes, yeah. The idea to write something that'll work. Uh, I need, yeah, I need more, I need some more space for graphics. Okay. And the Coco 3, of course, gives me all, all sorts of space, but if I don't need that much and I'm just using P mode 4, wouldn't it be great to have it work on a Coco 2? And then, mm -hmm. then you've got the Coco 2, potentially the Dragon and the Coco 3, it could, you know, compatible with all of them. Uh, if I just go Coco 3, it's just Coco 3, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you find the answer. Uh, James Jones just joined us. He says, testing, good. Chat works despite Chromecasting. Okay, so he's Chromecasting. That's cool. I like that Chromecast. That's pretty neat. The, um, the VDOS review is in the September 83 issue of Rainbow. There we go. Look the There you go. September 83. Core dump. See, this is, this is what this community is about, right? <laughs> yeah, flushing people's lives down the toilet. Yeah. All about the flush. <laughs> there is so much. There is so much crap in this community. We got plenty to share. So, <laughs> and, uh, page two forty-eight. Okay, that was sorry. That was September. Say eighty-three. September eighty-three. Page two forty-eight. Yeah, of September nineteen eighty-three. You said though the education yeah. issue. September eighty-three rainbow. Got it. Okay. Is that 
issue page 248 or PDF page 248? PDF <laughs> page 248. Okay. Sometimes they're not synced. The, this one it is. It's the same page. Yay. Somebody do what they were doing. Excellent. So there you go. There you go. You might have a solution. Yeah. If not, it, okay. was, fun. it was fun. That, talking. that yeah. problem has been dumped. That problem has been dumped. <laughs> Nick Marota says, we're number two. We're number two. <laughs> Calling it dumped rather than solved is probably appropriate, yes. Uh, yes, yes. Problem right. dumped rather than problem solved. <laughs> good times, good times. All right, well, you see, it seems like you've got a lot of... Um, a lot of coals in the fire there, Bruce, with different projects and ideas that you're working on. And so far, very few of them have disappointed anyone. So um, definitely looking forward to what you come up with next. Uh, uh, return to Forest of Doom sounds interesting. Whatever you're doing in uh, OS 9 sounds interesting. Um, how are we doing on uh, Coco Forever? Coco Forever, yeah. I... Um I actually rewrote a piece of the final dialogue. I was kind of, I was kind of listening to it, thinking through the whole storyline. I realized, yeah, you know what? This I need, this needs to tie up just a little bit better. So I just did that recently, and uh, I'm getting all the uh, the timing and the sound effects in. So it's it's uh, the series is almost complete, and I'm just. I'm just kind of waiting until you know people come back from their holidays to to start releasing the additional episodes because it's it's pretty slow right now. So okay, yeah. Okay, well that's good that since they haven't they all haven't been released. Um, here's an idea too. You know, a lot of movies will have uh, uh, like a director's cut or an alternate ending and things like that. So you know. Just some food for thought there. Director's cut. Well, I am the director. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Paul Martin just suggested checking the data sheet for the 74 LS 785 to see the 32K RAM swaps. Uh, David Ladd just joined us in the live chat, too. David Ladd says, good day, everybody. Hello, David Ladd. David Ladd. David Ladd. David Ladd. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I hope you, um, hopefully by next week, You'll we'll have the answer, right? And you'll be able to say, "Well, this is what I did, and this is how we solved it." And yeah, we'll see. Or else okay. I'll move on to something else. Well, <laughs> it's too hard. I'll just move on to something else. All right. All right. So is this core dump done? Can we flush it? We can flush it. All right. This core dump is done. All right. Well, that's good. That was good. Thank you, Bruce, for giving us some fodder of discussion here. Mm -hmm. um, how about we take another brief break and then when we come back, I can review some of the news articles that I've got queued up. And if anybody thinks of anything else in the meantime, we can pull that up too. But um, good. Good dump. Appreciate it, guys. We'll be back in just a minute here. Hi, it's Curtis Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Tech crew of people, and a lot of us are here down at the Coco Fest, having a great time. It's the second day, and we're just about done, so you guys have to come out next year. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Noble, co-author of Nitrous Nine. You are listening to Coco Talk Live, the leading live Coco Talk show. 
Arkadai, mates. This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Waltzing Matilda. Using OS 9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS 9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. What's going on everybody? The original gamer Stevie Stroh here and I want to talk to you about Amacoconut.com. If you love the color computer like I love the color computer, then you gotta visit Amacoconut.com, your one-stop shop for all of your Tandy Color Computer Links needs. There you'll find links to blogs and podcasts and project sites and emulators and downloads and groups and communities. If you love the color computer, head on over to Amacoconut.com. That's I-M-A. Coconut.com. Tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Coco forever, people. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack. All right, well, we're back. Don't forget to get your Color Computer 2 for Christmas at Radio Shack. While supplies last. Uh, very cool stuff, very cool stuff. David Ladd, I know you're out there. And David Ladd, we miss you. It is not the same without you. <laughs> he says his wife is a nag. Nick Rhoda says, i got to get a computer and take care of these whiny kids and my nagging wife. Here you go. Take a cocoa and shut the F up. So, <laughs> Hey, Skittery Camp in uh, Mixer says hi. Hey, Skittery Camp, how are you? Um, all right, so we got some news articles that have been suggested to us. So we can, uh, we can talk a little bit about that. So how about we cue up some music from L. Curtis Boyle here. out yeah so we are dangerously close to 11,000 downloads on the podcast version of our show so keep on listening keep on watching in addition to being live on YouTube and replayable on YouTube we are available wherever free podcasts are sold so search for Coco talk on your favorite podcast player thingy and you can find us and you can hear us and listen to us and watch us and do whatever you want to do you can take us in the bathroom and 
listen while you dump if you have to. We are just available at all times. Um, one of our foreign correspondents, Jason the Coco Man Reichert, is unable to be on the show today because he is at the Ohio QSO party. And this is where all the cool kids go to hang out and smoke cigarettes and make fun of all the computer dorks. Um, they come to this, what does it say, ham radio, uh, amateur radio operator type deal here? I believe so. At- yeah, and so that's where Jason is, and so I'm surprised that uh, Tom C. is not there, too. Tom's probably listening to Packet Radio right now. So, uh, very cool stuff, ham radio. It seems to be a lot of um, similar interests, so people who are into the retro and vintage things, a lot of them also are, are um, amateur radio operators, too, so I think there's some similarities of old computers and old uh, ham radio technology. So Yeah, well, of, I used to be um, able to do, like, WeFax weather maps and stuff through ham radio on the Coco, so you could view weather maps back in the 80s. There you go. Amongst other there things. We are smack dab in the middle of a retro challenge. So retro challenge uh, 2018, the September edition of this. It is open for your entrance, right? And so I think I know a little bit about retro challenge, right? You got 30 days to do a retro project, and whatever that project is, it kind of doesn't matter. But you got to blog about it and track it, and then at the end, it will be judged and prizes will be awarded. Is that a fair? oversimplification of what retro challenge is yep okay and so our very own john w linville has taken on the mantle of kind of hosting this and being one of the judges for this and so you know john's just got what's that more like herding cats Hurting cats, yeah. So um, your project could be restoring an old system. It could be just cleaning up your collection. It could be, um, you know, working on a program, whatever it is, hardware, software. Um, there really aren't that many rules or restrictions on what the project can be. you got to be doing it yourself. you got to blog about it, document it, and it's got to be done within 30 days. Um, some of the One of the retro challenges, one of the winners from our very own Coco community was Brett Gordon, right, who made the global thermal nuclear war which is a very cool multiplayer coco game that used irc and i'm assuming drivewire right to get out to the internets to talk to irc so use an irc chat room to send messages back and forth and so it allowed multiple color computers to play kind of like the tank war style game where you're shooting the uh, artillery duel back and forth and you know the only intelligent move is not to play when it comes to global thermal nuclear war right but i'm not saying don't play brett's game but let's not play for real nukes all right kids nukes are bad and kind um so brett gordon was a retro challenge winner um all kinds of cool stuff going on it was farfall did farfall win a retro challenge one year john john linville's game i don't remember but check it out the website for this is retrochallenge.org if if you're into that sort of thing, you know, I'm not sure why someone would want to do a retro challenge, but if you do, then if that scratches your itch, then yeah, that's good. It's little little insider humor there. Yeah, so check out Retro Challenge. Uh, and then we got some stuff from Facebook, and I think by this time, Nick already has the answer to this question, but Nick, our very own Nick Morentes, not Nick Morota, <laughs> um, he asked a question about standard disk basic for the Coco SDC. Now, instead of putting the actual disk basic on a ROM, you just got an older SDC ROM and solved the problem, Nick? Yeah, yeah. Um, a proper uh, uh, 1.1 ROM basic probably would have done it as well, but I couldn't couldn't find one. Uh, and 
I didn't have time to try work out how to dump one to the um, Coco SDC and Gwil Gwilam or whatever his name is on the Coco archives. Guillaume. Yeah, sent me the um, proper setup discs for the 1.2 and I tried that and it's working. So I, I stopped there. So here's a quick dumb question. How do you selectively boot to different ROMs in a Coco SDC? Are the dip switches involved at that point? No, no. You say run at and then you've got various uh, flash memory banks on the Coco mm -hmm. SDC. I, I can't remember how many. Uh, eight, say, say this, eight of them, zero to seven. There is eight. Okay. So if you've copied, say, version, oh, well, as I've done, I've copied the uh, 1.2 ROM into bank one. So when I turn my computer on, it boots up into the latest version, 1.6. I type run at one, and it just reboots the computer with uh, the image in bank one. Up comes version 1.2, and then I can access my SDC as per normal. And, oh, neat. Yeah. Now, so will, it, will it stay that way warm and cold, or like if you were yeah, a hard yeah, power cycle? I can turn the computer off because you've written the ROM into a flash memory. It's like um, mm -hmm. a rewritable ROM, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, every time I turn on my Coco, I could, it'll always boot into a, whatever ROM zero is. Um, okay, so it, jump to whatever uh, other bank. There you go. That was my question. Like, if you had switched to at one and then you power cycled, would it reboot to at one the next time because you switched, no. or does it always it always boots back to zero? To zero. That's so right. So if you keep so if you keep the latest ROM in in bank zero, you'll always boot to that. But if you've got alternate ROMs in the other seven banks, you can that's, manually manually ride to them. That's another yeah. dip switch to let you force it to another bank. Yeah, yeah. There there are dip switches to set. Okay, because I'm. I'm and I was aware to some degree that the dip switches would also switch it between Coco mode and Dragon mode. So if you wanted to use the Coco SDC on a Dragon, you had to There's do a few switches. things there. You only yeah. need three of them for the eight banks. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. And I remember one of the guys who posted a video. Um, the I forgot what he what he calls his videos, the Retro Garage or something like that. But he does the whole solder tricks. He's got very nice produced videos where he did a Coco SDC video, and he mentioned that you could load like even ROM cartridges yeah. into some of the flash banks, which I had not really thought about doing. But technically, the Coco SDC is almost like a little mini Coco Flash, where yeah. if you wanted to, you could load up a handful of uh, ROM cartridge images in there, and yeah. then boom, 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 just boot to one of those. Hmm. Um. Pretty cool. Yep. All right, so you've got an alternate uh, uh, SDC Coco DOS image that solved your problem with the uh, Windows Master, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And when you run the firmware update software thing for the Coco SDC, it'll actually ask you which ROM slot you want to put this into. And sometimes you yeah. do that as a backup in case something goes wrong. You throw it in a, a different slot, make sure it works, then you can put it on your primary. Yeah. You can, you can yeah. put all kinds of versions in there if you wanted to. Mm. Cool. That's a good idea. This is also probably worth showing off, but friend of the show, Hugo DeFort, is revisiting one of a, one of the games he showed us a while ago. He showed some mock-ups and some animations on this, but I guess he's back to the drawing board and he's writing sprites and drawing sprites and, and stuff like that. So he's got some different animation cycles for his characters. He's got two different animation cells for walking versus attacking. And these are some really interesting-looking uh, characters. Um, I'm not sure what world he's bringing us to, but this is a world I think I'd like to visit. We've got birds and snails and 
It looks like a freaking, I don't know what, they got some of the weird little monsters with teeth and mushroom-headed three-eyed freaks and all kinds of stuff here. So this is pretty cool looking. And uh, we, we mentioned Hugo last week, too, because when we were talking about the Window Master, Hugo's been working on a library that also has dialog boxes and fonts and radio buttons and stuff where he's been working on that and showing us some screenshots of that. And so right now, here's some, here's some artwork from Hugo, and it looks good. Do you remember what the game was called? Wasn't it called something like Kim Possible or something like that? I don't remember, but he had showed some earlier animation tests and optimizations to it and if I'm not mistaken I think the main character even had a boomerang that it threw but it looked kind of cool was that I, I don't Saya? no no this is Hugo DeFort no, Hugo okay. showed us oh uh, you mean the comment uh, the the boomerang one. I thought that was a Paul mm, Sayer game. Oh, that part I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I'm just trying to ha- I'm trying to remember now. That's a scary thing. But I remember <laughs> Hugo showed us like some a year year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it was kind of cool. Um, and so it would be interesting to see what Hugo where he takes this project. I mean, we definitely need as many people as possible cranking out some you know games and programs for the Coco. We got plenty of hardware. We need more software. Got to have more cow. These graphics are very well done, though. I'm quite impressed. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do with only 16 colors, too. You know, I mean, this is a 16-color palette out of this total of 64, and these colors look pretty damn good. I'm assuming the... He was humble because I couldn't believe it that he was doing that with just 16 colors. Yeah, yeah. And he's so humble about it. It's like, oh, heck, I'd hire him. Those look great. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming everything that's blue would end up becoming a transparent masked yeah. out. So, so he's even looking 15. like... Yeah. Yeah, so... And you can notice there's a black pixel around his sprites. So his sprites are actually outlined. So if they were going against a colored background, they would have a one-pixel black border around them so that you wouldn't, they wouldn't get lost in the background either. So that's pretty cool. So um, instead of using black as a transparency, black is a foreground color here, so the blue would get masked out. So yeah, he's only using 15 available colors. Against that's a fixed, the fixed background. 15 color palette he's using too. Like he's not dynamically changing between the sprites on the screen for different levels or anything, which you could do. That's all based on a base 15 color palette he's chosen. It's very well done. Okay. All right. So that means these colors would also be used in the background of mm-hmm. the game too. Um, no, I like it. I think it looks good. So hopefully we'll see more of this. I'd like to see some animation demos and hopefully a playable game at some point in time. Um, here, is this a newer one? This one looks like it's got even more pictures in it. So this one's got now four cells of the um, of the snail here. We've got this guy here. Looks like he's flying. We've got this little foofy cat-looking thing here. So, yeah, we've got four versions of every sprite now. So two of them are two walk steps and then two attack steps, I guess, for every creature here. Um, it looks good. It looks very... Um, he did mention that these these kind of remind him of Pokemon's now at this point, but um, I, I I you know I couldn't tell you what a Pokemon was if I saw it, but yeah I think it looks cool. Actually, more like Mario. Mario-ish, yeah, yeah. So there's a handful of comments in there. Paul Thayer, who's um, uh, doing some Coco projects too, is chiming in there. So you might want to check that out in the Facebook group. Here's a, a post from Adam Coolidge who is just kind of commenting on the fact that he's got his switcheroo cable now. And so he's saying, look how good the Coco 3 looks uh, RGB mode on a modern display. And and that is so true. So um, look at these colors. Again, with only 16 colors, y- you know, in the right hands, you can do something good. So Fexter looks pretty good here. Um, 
And so, yeah, Adam Coolidge posted this in the Facebook group, and it looks good. And another another satisfied customer from uh, Jason's uh, Switcheroo Coco3SCARTCable.com. Cool stuff. Who else here among us has a SCART cable, SCART to RGB cable on their Coco right now? Handful of us? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I've still got several RGB you know, CRT monitors, so until those burn out, I probably won't because I have, have enough right now. But, yeah, eventually I'll get one. Yeah. Mine's on. Yeah. I, I bought it. I bought it, but the HDMI SCART adapter that I could get here uh, doesn't work with it. So need to wait till I can get a different adapter. Ah. Yeah. I think okay. I was Jason's first customer at CocoFest. Yeah, cool. I, I snapped Last year, not this year, but the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Our, as soon as I saw him, I said, Get, you got a cable? Here's my money. Yeah, yeah. take my money. Yeah. Um, now, this is not necessarily a Coco project, but it's it's retro-related. But there is in the works, and I'm a little bit more excited about this than I would be against the Atari VCS, the Vaporware new Atari console. But this is a, a new and improved ColecoVision that's being produced by a company called Collector Vision. And Collector Vision has been making some new brew stuff for the ColecoVision market for a while. One of the things that they had made before was something that would plug into, you know, if you guys are familiar with the ColecoVision, it had this expansion module in the front, right? And the first expansion module was the Atari 2600 game adapter. I think there was another one with the steering wheel that lets you play turbo. I think another one gave you a trackball. And then they had one where it was actually the Atom computer, too, that you could add on to make your ColecoVision a computer. Well, ColecoVision had made an add-on for the for that for that port that was called the super game module and it added an extra sound chip it added more ram it added um extra graphics capabilities and and that cartridge that add-on module that was about a hundred dollars but it was pretty highly coveted because there was a lot of new brew games that would take advantage of that that take care uh, take advantage of more ram um and and let it would let the ColecoVision play a lot of games that were designed for the atom computer that needed 32k of ram and stuff like that so they basically baked that into a brand new generic ColecoVision. this thing will still take cartridges it will take an sd card so you can load in um your roms it uses the same joypad connector so you can use the old nine pin atari and coleco style connectors it's got the updated f18 board which a lot of people are adding to things like um, TI systems and other things like that. With so it's got HDMI out. It's a really cool system, and I think it's going to sell for about two hundred dollars. And so I think for the amount of and, and just again the, just that upgrade cartridge was like a hundred to hundred twenty dollar upgrade. So you're basically getting a, a fully a full blooded ColecoVision with upgrades and HDMI out, new technology, for around two hundred dollars. Um, I think that's pretty cool, and and this is something. Obviously, we would love to see something like this in a Coco, where we had a brand new Coco with with HDMI output that we could just pop a cartridge into. You know, I don't know that that we'll ever see something on that level, but this just shows you what can be done to fuse the old and the new and have backwards compatibility and some forward compatibility too with things like SD cards and upgradable firmware and you know HDMI out and stuff like that. So I'm I'm a little bit excited about this because that was my first console system I ever got was the ColecoVision. Um, so there is some fondness and, and nostalgia there for me on that system. 
and um, that's Collector Vision Games. And so, not a Coco project, but it is. Um, it's still it's a cool retro project, and it just shows you what what can be done. And and cons- if you think about, do you guys remember when they were talking about this Atari VCS, the vaporware console that's supposed to come out? Which I don't know if it's ever going to come out. You look at what quote unquote Atari was doing versus like a smaller kind of homebrew company is doing this is to me this is the right way to do it this is a quality product it's based on proven technology all the parts they're talking about pretty much already exist and they're putting together in a, in a reasonable price point so I, I hope that they succeed with that I, and I like that would probably be a customer just the retro console which I think the Atari one basically was where it just plays all the old Atari games but it actually has these add-ons you can do future games on it too where you have some extended hardware like you said the extra sound chip etc yeah, yeah, and that 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 extra sound cartridge or that extra cartridge they, had, they added to the ColecoVision, that allowed the ColecoVision to play a lot of MSX ports because it had the exact same sound chip that was on the MSX. It added more RAM, more graphics, and it has the same Z80 processor. So a lot of people were porting MSX games to um, ColecoVision with that Super Game module, and so this would allow that functionality too. So um, to me, that's just kind of like what... Um, what a retro modern retro console should be, right? It should be a mix so, of modern and retro, exactly what you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what Kyle says too. Kyle just chimed in, says, "Yeah, this is what the VCS should be." Now, the VCS is, does not have any type of uh, interface. I don't know. It's got USB ports, I think, but they weren't going to suggest or support cartridges. I don't think. And the VCS was going to play retro stuff via digital download and and newer modern stuff via internet stuff too supposedly but i haven't heard too much about the vcs update in a while um so who the hell knows so that's the news i came up with this week uh, anybody else got anything worth talking about going on in the world of retro this week no slow week quiet week cue crickets Oops, that's the vomit. Hold on. <laughs> I got two buttons. What are those crickets sitting, man? What was that? <laughs> what was that, Diego? What's, what are those crickets eating? Yeah, what are the, yeah, what are the crickets eating? <laughs> those are crickets infected with plague or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Um... There was something else I was going to bring up as a host discussion topic, and now I can't even remember it. Um, I think this is going to be a light show and a short show, and that's fine. I, I don't mind it being, you know, we don't always have to be three hours. We're actually we're coming up on an hour and a half, and as from what it sounds like, I think we're out of <laughs> we're out of material. Well, Diego <laughs> so. might uh, show us uh, the outcome of his um, program. You know, how he had all those pro- problems with uh, the sprites flickering. Well, he's finished that, so maybe he could show us uh, the. Yeah. The, the finished product. I can do that. If if yeah if that fits into the show. Sure. Yeah, we need content at this point. We're stretching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I can show you that, and I can show you a couple other things. I, I'm kind of hoping to work around. You know, I'm I'm thinking about cheating a little bit on the. Um, uh, uh, this contest we just mentioned, oh, retro channel, challenge. retro challenge, retro challenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I I want to to do something there, but I already kind of started, 
So right. So is is one of the rules of retro challenge that you need to start it when the challenge starts? Like you can't take a project that you're halfway done with and say, "Hey, I finished this in 30 days." You know, when you you got nine months into it and you spend the last two weeks at retro challenge. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. You really, <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't. I only have a screen. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. <clears throat> I entered yeah. Forest of Doom. He took my entry, but wasn't really sure if it was. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to start writing the blog it, or anything. Yeah, the key, the thing that kills me is the blog thing. I don't have time to write blogs. I don't have time to code half the time. So. Uh, that that's the biggest challenge. I mean, uh, the, the time that you're using writing the blog, you could actually be doing your cocoa stuff, your programming yeah. project. Yeah. So uh, you got to consider the. Um, this is why Nick's games take a couple years to make. <laughs> One more. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's because I, I have my. Oof. Now my computer is frozen. There it goes. Hello, computer. Yeah. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I have my. I, I can get to work. Uh, both my PC and my Coco. I have them both in front of me, and I've been having problems with both of them. Actually, with the Coco, is that I use a, a video capture mm -hmm. uh, USB thingy, and uh, it's it's coming apart. It's it's breaking. It's opening up. So ah. you know, yeah, look at that. <laughs> I need to buy a new one. It's, it looks like a hardware project right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. How was this? Uh, the sharing menu is here. Starting screen sharing. Okay. This is what happens when you put somebody in the spot and they're not prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> Run a commercial while he's setting up. Hey, we can do that. I like to watch him struggle. It's fun. So. <laughs> but he's almost there now. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it looks like it's there. Try the one that says run me. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, actually, I was looking at which one I was supposed to run. <laughs> ah, the latest Furious Felines. This is Very looking good. Nice semi graphics. Yeah. I did this before the online SG tool. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, for the next game, I'm using that tool. <laughs> okay, so one thing that I added, it's now it has an option to play composite or RGB. That, that ah, works. nice. Yeah, and uh, because the the music can be a little bit of a pain, every few notes it checks to see if you're pressing a key, and if you're lucky, it will skip. <laughs> this is really good though i love how you can see what's going on here with the screen being generated like this cat morale 99 how does cats lose their morale when one of them hits a wall ah <laughs> they lose a little bit and if they don't if one of them lands and fails to catch the mouse they lose uh, ah that's interesting okay so, so. that's kind of the, the way to have lives Boing, and here's the cat flying through the air. Yeah, you got the so, flicker. It's a, it's it's not as bad as it used to be. It's a little bit better. Couldn't yeah. get completely rid of it, but it's a little bit better. Now, how do you know how far each cat's going to go based on the 
Oh, heavy, medium, or light. Okay. Right. So depending on the distance, you would use a combination of one of those, right? Right. Uh, the lighter the caddies, actually, the higher they will fly, and it's the wind that moves them to the to the right. So if ah. it's very high, the wind has more time to move it. To okay, so a strong wind would take a, a light cat further down the thing, That's huh? right. That's okay, right. so light cats will go higher in the air, and then the wind can travel. So the lighter they are, the further they can travel. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so if in you... some of the other levels that you have higher walls, you know, you may need to... The harder they fall. <laughs> you need to try to find a cat that can jump uh, through uh, over a very high wall that might be very far or very near. Mm. And, you know, that's where you kind of get some strategy out of it. And they're breaking the wall a little bit. The mouse is breaking the wall a little bit each time it goes towards the cheese. Oh, so every time it hits there, so that's going to get it closer to oh, breaking through to nice. the cheese. Yeah. Now, can that cat move again or is that just a miss? No, that's a miss. All right, so now the, your cat morale has gone down a little bit because he did not get the... Uh... No, that's right. Now you want to wait for the mouse to go further off to the right before you attack, or yeah, or you can try to change the cats that you're using. Use one that will jump closer and and get them, get them. Yes, <laughs> got them. That's pretty cool. Level two completed. Level two. You'll never see that again. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually download the manual, and it has the the walkthrough. Okay. I, I played it so with each possible value of oh. wind, mm. you will see which cats you have to use. Okay. So How many, how many levels do you have in it? I have eight, but uh, the levels are very easy to write. Uh, it's a, a separate file, and you just need to give it the coordinate, the, the starting horizontal position of each wall mm. and how high they're going to go where the mouse is going to start, how fast it's going to move, and where's the cheese. Okay. So if anyone wants, it's not that hard to, you know, create. So you, almost feel like a, you can almost do like a level editor. I was thinking about doing that. I was actually thinking about doing that perhaps with semi-graphics mode or something like that. Don't hit the wall. Oof. <laughs> bouncing off the wall that's pretty cool yeah there. yeah if they land on top of the wall they will go to one side or the other and if they hit the wall they will jump there you go. oh you got him you ricocheted pretty cool and then let me give you a little sneak peek uh, uh oh sneak peeks oh yeah uh, can I, let me see, how do I change what I'm sharing? Uh, that's going to be the tricky part here. All right, well, then I'll run a commercial while you figure that part okay. out. All right, guys, yeah. so we'll be back in a second. Coco Talk will return after these words. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. This is the award-winning Alan Huffman of Subica Software, and you're watching Stevie Fall Off Cliffs. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? 
Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games and they're on sale. Get this six game model for $29.95 or the four game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, it's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price TV games. How's it going, Diego? You getting there? Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Gee, they're out of business. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Rowan, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. And when you're done watching, come over and listen to the Coco Crew podcast. Hi, this is John Linville and Neil Blanchard. We are the Coco Crew. I hope you're enjoying watching Stevie Stroh play video games, especially the Coco games. And when you're done with that, check out our podcast at CocoCrew.org. What's going on, everybody? It's me. It's the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. And I want to talk to you about our talk shows. So some of you are probably aware of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, which we've been doing right here on this YouTube channel for, gosh, over a year and a half and over 10,000 podcast downloads and 30,000 views of the live stream. It's been a pretty popular show. And ironically, it's about an old computer that's 30 years old that most people don't know about. And still, it's been a fun, cool show. So what's happened is that Coco Talk has evolved into Coco Talk after after Dark, which is kind of like the adult drinking game version of the show. Very fun, very fast, very loose, but still good times. And Coco Talk After Dark has now evolved into two other shows now that I think are going to be of interest to a lot more people. So we're going to have a retro talk show that is about all kinds of uh, vintage systems and retro gaming consoles and whatnot. And then we have another show that's called Geek Talk that is going to be about anything cool. So if you're into like movies and comics and collectibles and the Marvel cinematic universe or collecting Funko Pops or whatever it might be, Geek Talk might be the show for you. So if you'd like to join a live talk show and either be on the show with us and talk with us or be in the live chat, anyways, if you like talking about cool stuff and fun stuff, join us on a future live talk show right here on this Original Gamer channel and we'll see you there and let's talk. Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's going to do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book. Diego, are you, got, you getting it going or are you stuck? It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. I'm ready. But wait, what's Elliot You ready? playing new Super yeah. Pitfall. Go ahead and pull it up so it's ready. With a new math okay. tutor. I'll switch you over to you as soon as you're done. Try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately. Only at Radio Shack. Can you see this? We're switching back. All right, we got somebody. A Master of Four is now hosting my stream. Thank you. Uh, okay, so what were you saying here now? Hippo Teeth. Right. This is uh, one of those handheld LCD games that I yes. used to have yes. years and years ago. 
And uh, I was looking and thinking, hey, you know, maybe I can find it on eBay, uh, use somewhere, pay a few bucks and play it again. I remember playing it a lot and having a lot of fun. And the only one that I found on eBay, they actually sold it for $165. Hmm. So that kind of ruled and said, no, no, I'm not going to spend that money on that. So I said, okay, let's do it for the Coco. Oh. Hey. So, Look at this. This is this is what I did with the SG tool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't dare to do it that way. So it's going to be the first game that I write in years and years that's not going to be using Coco 3 graphics. Okay. And I hope that, you know, even though it's still in basic with this little graphics, it's going to go fast enough. Doesn't have to have a smooth animation because the LCD thingy didn't have a, any animation. Right. Yeah. It, ju it jumped from cell to cell from different locations, right? So, yeah. Mm. So, well, this, this way it could be MC10 ready too because you're using the low res graphics. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's, that's a good, good point. Yep. Should be easy to move around. And yeah. what's what's the object of the game? To clean the, you like a, you have to clean the yeah. mouth of the hippo. You 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 play the little guy here, and the hippo only has three teeth. I mean, he's been going through rough times, and there's this little bugger that's trying to eat those. So you gotta spray it, but the hippo keeps moving the tongue in the middle, and blocking your shots. Ah, okay. Okay. So what I'm going to add that wasn't in the original game is uh, what I'm going to do is that if you spray in a place where the, the bugger is not there, the hippo's going to try to move the thong there to kind of block the spray and mm. make you a clean shot. Otherwise, you just need to wait till yeah, yeah. away and there's nothing you can do. Okay. Okay. So since Very cool. That's cool. So this is a... To, <laughs> to talk about... This, this is a is sneak videos. preview of uh, of that. Yep. Gary will have this ported to the MC10 and post <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you bet you will. That's cool. That's cool. So coming soon to a Coco near you will be, what is, what's the game called? Hippopotamus Mouth or something? What was, what was the game called? <laughs> yeah, the Hippo Teeth. Hippo teeth. There you go. Hippo teeth. So you are like a veterinary, a zoologist, dentist. You got to clean the teeth of the hippo mm -hmm. and avoid his angry tongue. Right. <laughs> this almost sounds like an After Dark episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask Diego, um, this would be a, a prime candidate for the Coco VJ to do a high-res, quote-unquote, version of it at 64 by 32 with the same graphics characters. Mm -hmm. Give me a thought for that, or do you have a Coco VJ? No, no, I only have a Coco 3. So, yeah. and uh, I don't think there is a way to emulate it, right? To emulate a Coco VGA, to my knowledge, I don't know. I don't know. Not uh, that I'm because, aware of, no. Because I've, I've been thinking about all the new hardware that's out there. And, you know, to if you want to write a game that will take advantage of it, you need to buy the hardware. Yep, yep. Just have it. And sometimes, I mean, I, I just can't afford it with shipping. Sure, Even if sure. You sell something for fifteen dollars, I can't. Yeah, so yeah. If there was a way to emulate that, I know that um, for the Game Master cartridge, you can emulate it in in MAME. 
Yeah. Uh, that's it. Right. All the right. other new stuff. And, and uh, XROAR as well. I believe XROAR can emulate it through the Game Master okay. cartridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I plan on doing a version of Cosmic Aliens to take advantage of the Cocoa VGA. Uh, I mm -hmm. think I'll be interesting with those programmable characters where I can make little aliens that, that are actual text characters that should be able to get a decent amount of speed even out of basic. Yep. And um, the higher res screen res too where you got double yeah. wide and double high. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah. So I'm hoping that I don't know if hopefully by the end of this year I might be able to get with Brendan Donahue maybe by Tandy Assembly. Hopefully if uh, finances are good enough I can bring a Coco and have him do an upgrade to it there at Tandy Assembly uh, and be able to play with that. Um, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Looks good, Diego. Thanks for sharing there. Um, I, don't, I don't have anything to show, but I have something to share to tell. Uh, this is uh, a plan that I'm hoping to have executed because, uh, well, actually, let's do this. Let's, let's go over to events real quick and let's, um, let's get some more Curtis Boyle music here. Yeah, rock out, baby. So the next two events coming up are going to be VCF Midwest in September 15 and 16. And then after that comes Tandy Assembly. When you look at the presentation, uh, I will be giving a presentation on Sunday called Cosmic Aliens Then and Now. And so it's basically going to be a little... I think I got about a half hour to talk. I'll be showing off some of the screenshots of the original MS DOS version and show some of my development tools and show the current Cocoa version. I've got a few more things to do to the current Cocoa version of Cosmic Aliens to kind of put in most of the gameplay of the original DOS version. I think the last thing I need to add is the UFO bonus round where just you have a fixed amount of time and UFOs fly by and you just shoot them for points. So I'm going to try to get that implemented in a little bit. And um, and then basically I'll have most of the core gameplay elements of the original, and then I'm going to consider the Coco 2 basic version done. I'm not going to try to beat that one to death because that's not the beginning. That's not the end of my journey. It's the beginning of my journey. Um, what I'm hoping to do, though, with that same version before I move on to newer versions is I want to go ahead and do a speech sound pack version of that as well because the speech sound pack emulation is built into MAME. I'm using MAME, and I was planning on demoing this on a Coco pie and i also have the real hardware to try this too so i'm thinking about taking the exact same version but then rather than using the play command i'm going to try to make some music and sound effects through the speech sound pack and i'm basically going to reverse engineer whatever's in those demos that came with it because the demos give you music and the demos give you sound effects and so i'm going to take that code and just recycle that and tweak that and add some, you know, slightly better explosions and laser fire sounds to um, to the game, and so um, and that'll and that'll be it. So I'm hoping to be able to reveal that. I'm not going to do any video showing that off until after um, VCF Midwest. So the reveal of the speech sound pack version of Cosmic Aliens, if all goes well, will be revealed in my presentation uh, as well. And my table, my exhibit is going to be having a real Tandy 1000. I still haven't, I have a project I have to do, which is get things onto a floppy. I'm going to try to use a Coco 40 track floppy on a PC with a cable so I can make MS-DOS floppy disks. Haven't done that yet. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. So I'm going to copy Cosmic Aliens to floppies so I can install it and run it on the Tandy 1000. Um, so my exhibit's going to be the original MS-DOS version running on a Tandy 1000 and the Coco 2 version running on probably um, the Coco Pi. Although I could bring... 
a Coco. Um, so anyway, so that's my exhibit. And the I guess the news that I'm telling you now, but I'm not going to show you, is that I do plan a speech sound pack version of that. Um, and then and then the Coco 2 version's done. Then I'm moving on to Coco 3, QBasic, assembly versions, all that kind of stuff. So um, that ties into the events. What else do we have here um, at VCF? We have Joss Brez... Ben Sedan, uh, the RCA-1802 microprocessor, Craig Erster, Jim Drew's Supercard Pro Series, Thomas Cherry Holmes is going to be uh, showing off Play-Doh and Errata online, so that'd be cool to see that in, per- in person. Uh, Geocom, a basic compiler for Geos. Mike is going to be doing the history and technology of the SCELBI computer business. I have no idea what that is. Uh, they have an auction similar to the no minimum bid option of uh, CocoFest. Showing and remastering unauthorized access documentary and a bunch of videos of the BBC Computer Literacy Project will be showing off too. Um, and then um, on Sunday, I guess I am the opening act on Sunday, and then Jack Rubin is going to show the annual Family of Eight panel. We've got lunch. Uh, Alexander Pearson is showing off the Cactus 6502 homebrew. Um, Beth Lynn Iker's War Games versus Present Day. Uh, Grace Hopper show closes. So looks like a fun-filled event there at VCF Midwest. Uh, who else on, this, on the panel is going to VCF Midwest right now? Handful of us going to be there. I know Grant's going to be there. Um, uh, Brian, were you thinking about going? I'd like to try to, but uh, I got a big uh, trip for work right after that, so it's going to be a tough squeeze. Okay. Okay, I know Grant's going to be there. I will be there. A bunch of Cocoa people are going to be there. Um, Jim Brain's going to be there. Uh, I think Neil Blanchard and Jim O'Keefe are going to be there. John Mark Mobley from uh, Glenside is going to be there. Um, uh, not Glenn Hewlett, but uh, Evan Wright is going to be there, author of Flood It for the Color Computer and his uh, adventure game cross-development kit. Um, so there's going to be a whole little block of Tandy tables all in one little section there. So there'll be a little nice cocoa consortium at VCF Midwest. So we'll be representing the color computer there. Cool. Um, and just a channel, Jim Brain, the highlight of the Sunday is, is going to be lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Tandy Assembly, we've already kind of revealed last week that we've officially... Um, it's been officially announced that Stuart Chiffet is the keynote speaker. That'll be um, awesome. That'll be awesome. So um, definitely looking to do that for our exhibitors right now. We've got Arno Pewter and Sasha, Ian Maverick, uh, another Australian, uh, Coco VGA. So Brendan's going to be there. Peter and Alex Satinsky, Jay Newworth of Newsoft, Thomas McLaren, uh, an ultra-rare Digital Dinos retail appearance. I know as Digital Dinos, a company that existed at some point in time or still does. Uh, Peter Bartlett and Malcolm Ramey. Uh, Peter makes a lot of stuff for the TRS-80 stuff, but he, I think he's working on some Cocoa stuff. Obviously, we know who Cloud9 is. Mark Marlett and Sandy Weimer will be there at Tandy Assembly. So that's good. That's November 10th and 11th in Springfield, Ohio. Um, is is um, Tandy Assembly. So just on the heels of VCF Midwest, we are wrapping up the year. Um, Tim Franklin says a multitasking Chicago Bears won against Kansas City. Whoops, wrong button, wrong button. This is the one we want. All right, go Bears, go Bears. All right, 
So a little bit of events, a little bit of news. We got a little bit of all kinds of stuff here in the show. Uh, and we're coming up on just shy of two hours. So this is a, a medium length show, uh, an average length show. Uh, what else have we missed, guys? What have we not talked about? Richard Lorbieski is here. Hey, Richard, how are you? <coughs> hey, how you doing? We're doing good. Crickets are here in your honor. Um, cool. What's uh, how's how's Boomerang Mania treating you? Ah, uh, Boomerang Mania is still going. You know, yeah, uh, it, it's not as active as it was, you know, a few weeks ago, but it's still there. I'm well, we've got a, them out. We've got a promo spot we can run for you, courtesy of Rob Inman. Let's go ahead and run the Boomerang Mania promo spot here. <laughs> I love those slow motion reactions. <laughs> the Boomerang Accelerator Board. Yeah. I could hardly hear you over the music, Richard. Sorry. We're That's just okay. About we, we can't hear the music at all here on the. Oh, the music wasn't being shared. Oh, because Diego, Diego shared it. That's why you guys didn't know that was going on. Yeah, all right. Sure, the screen is stopped. Ah, okay. So, so the question was: Will Stuart, will Stuart Chaffee be broadcast? And so I don't know. Number one, I can I can't confirm that I'm going to be at Tandy Assembly. I just don't know with uh, the timing and the finances and transportation, whole nine yards. I know at least I've got a snuggle buddy. I think Grant's already got a room reserved, so I'd have a place to crash, but I'm just not sure about either driving or flying there. Now, uh, now, do they want this streamed? Does Stuart Chaffee want it streamed? Maybe he wants, you know, that's maybe he wants to protect i don't know that i don't know what he wants um personally myself i think i'd like to retire from being the stream bitch i'm tired of streaming every event because i don't get to enjoy the events so i have no no plans to do any more things where i'm going to have a dedicated laptop and whole setup of streaming things because it just sucks the life out of me and it sucks the enjoyment out of being at these events what i will do is you know just do some handheld camera stuff and some little bits here and there and stuff like that and i know there is there is a benefit and a service to people People like Nick Morentes, who obviously Nick's not going to be able to fly from Australia to come to these things. But as much as it helps some, I think it's also enables others to say, hey, I don't need to go if I can just watch it. And honestly, these events, if they're not supported, they're not going to exist. So we, we, I want people to support these events, too. And I'm just being tired of being a slave to a laptop and a camera and not really being able to enjoy myself. So after last year's Cocoa Fest, I said, listen, I'm not going to try to be a vendor and sell crap. I'm not going to try to stream. I'm not going to do anything. I, I don't get to fully enjoy these things. And I think Brian, uh, Brian and I were having some chats on Discord about that. It, you know, when you come to Cocoa Fest and these things, it is kind of like being at a family reunion. And it's just like it's a cool place to 
to hang out. And believe it or not, those two days, they go by real fast, you know, and as much time as we had all planned as the Coco Talk panel, it was the first time we were all in the same place at the same time. We had planned on doing group photo shots and trying to do this and trying to do that. It just never happened because there's so much to do in so little time. I, I don't want to sacrifice the time of, of being with my friends and being stuck in front of that camera. It's just, it's, it's, it serves some benefit, but I'm going to be selfish and say, screw it. I want to, I want to enjoy these events. So I'll do limited recording, limited streaming, but it's not going to be like the whole event's going to be streamed 24 seven. So I can attest to that. Cause even just trying to man a booth, even if I was only doing part-time because we're sharing it between David and me and, and Grant, it's, it's still hard to, you can't attend every seminar. You, you can't, uh, you know, speak with, some of your your friends that you only get to see the once a year i mean it, mm-hmm. it's fine talking to everybody else too when they're coming to ask questions at the booth but yeah it's it's a little more business-like and a little less uh you know family reunion style at that point yeah yeah now somebody like Stuart chaffee this is a kind of like a once in a lifetime thing i do have battery operated cameras and tripods i could just put a camera in the room and leave it on record but we need to make sure that we have clearance to do that he's got permissions you know he's okay with that being done and you know, whatever, um, that might be worth setting up a laptop to live stream for, but I don't want to try to stream the whole event, you know? Um, so, so so. what's, what's this deal? You said you have friends and you and Curtis, what friends? (laughs) Well, let's, let's put it this way. None of us were put in the penalty box at Coco Fest. So, (laughs) Uh. That's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is. A, you were at Tandy Assembly, Richard. That's the first time I met you yep. last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you were busy as hell, right? So, I mean, it's it's nice that you're working, but sometimes when you're working, you don't get a chance to hang out, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like that at Coco Fest. I didn't get to do anything. I was I was up to my neck in in upgrades. So yeah, I'm gonna reevaluate my policy on upgrades uh, at Tandy Assembly and uh, also. Uh, Coco Fest if I go to it next year uh, so um, yeah I'm, I'm just gonna you know have a strict uh, just do CPU uh, upgrades only and anything else I'll just uh, take it home because uh, yeah I, I, like I said, I, yeah, yeah after after 15 CPU upgrades in one day and plus the repairs I was just I was just too exhausted maybe uh, maybe people can pay a premium for uh for an on-site upgrade, but you only take so many or something like that. Well, it, it's going to probably, I'm going to probably do a appointment only, which will, will help. And if I can squeeze somebody right. in, but you know, I, I want to see Stuart Chaffee. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about doing my own talk uh, on soldering techniques and things like that. Some, you know, that would be interesting. like that uh, because I was also going to, I was going to do it this week, but next week I'll, I'll, I'll have pictures and stuff. Cause I was going to talk a lot about, people trying to do their own cpu upgrades and why you shouldn't do it you know and does it involve soldering hair yes <laughs> yes i i have received uh five so far repairs uh involving people who thought they could do it themselves and they didn't quite do a good job <laughs> yeah yeah so if nothing else you need to um uh, you need to know your limitations, right? And, you know, I know, I know that I know nothing about hardware, and right. I know nothing about soldering. So, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to learn more. I believe it's within. I think most people, if given enough time, they could become fluent at things. But it takes practice, and it's like. Right. 
This is like doing brain surgery. You don't want to do brain surgery for your first time on a living patient. Right. So work yeah, on so, some cadavers. So do know? it on a Commodore 64 instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the best, uh, yeah, actually, the best thing to do is go down to Goodwill, get a bunch of junk boards, uh-huh. and start on those. You know, just, just practice soldering and desoldering. Yeah. Soldering. Yep. I mean, so if you yeah. screw them up, big deal. Right. No risk. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I I am giving one presentation at uh, at VCF, and it'll be a half hour, and maybe I'll record that. Like I'll use my little handheld camera. I don't know if I want to stream because I think I'm going to need to use my laptop to project my little PowerPoint. But I'll, I'll probably record it. Maybe I can get Grant to hold a phone, and we can stream it from a phone or something. Um, but it's it's just. Uh, there, there is, there's, there's some good things to it, but it's also very draining, you know. Um, so, um, but yeah, I think these are good events, and I think the most important thing about coming to these events really should be the social component, and just hanging out and bonding and chewing the fat with your with your comrades, you know. Um, other than Richard Lorbieski, nobody's getting rich at these things, you know. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he quit his day job, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, far out. Um, have we beat this show to death? It was, it was two hours. A good. Is this a good episode for not having any content? And that that being extremely yeah. obvious, I think we did okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the tail end of summer holidays too. Yeah, so. st- stay tuned for the after dark because Jim Brain is going to be doing his reports from the Red Rooster. Is that a uh, prostitution place? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the Chicken Ranch, right? I'm getting, I know he's in Vegas and Honey <laughs> Ranch. Uh, well, the Red Rooster is a swingers club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's still open or not, but yeah, it's it's. If you live in Vegas, you know about the Red Rooster. What is the What is the name of the event that Jim Brain is at right now? He put it in Discord, and I forgot. I think it it's is called a, Comvex. I think it's a Commodore. Comvex. It's a Commodore thing, it's huh? A Commodore thing in in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. All right. We have so a he's on YouTube about. Uh, Maybe doing a short segment on basic soldering and upgrading. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe pre, even if you have to pre-record it or something, we can just play back the video. I don't know if it's practical to try to solder live or not. Um, <laughs> I like Tim Franklin. He said, "Oh, makes <laughs> class on layers." <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I I think uh, Mark caught a lot of crap. Last week for that post in Facebook, because he he mentioned it on the show. Uh, he mentioned the two layers on the gimme, and then he posted something in in Facebook. And I think the reaction was, was into him. <laughs> every the reactions was far from flattering, and I feel bad. And um, you know, ruthless would be the word I'd use. Ruthless, okay. So I just I would like to go on record to say, listen, I'm a nice guy, and I would not be I would not intentionally be cruel to anyone, but uh, that's okay. I you know I don't know if his if his if his understanding is a misunderstanding, or maybe he actually knows about something that we just haven't figured out. I don't know, but I'll I will uh, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, it got or it got kind of brutal versus what actually ended up in the hardware because we know that yes quite a bit. yes there were some less than polite. <laughs> remarks as that thread went down i was like wow wow uh, on the one hand we're talking about raw 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 community but the first chance you get to stab somebody in the back it's just like get him get him kick him while he's down so um it was uh it was kind of bad so the demonstration richard can call for two volunteers from the audience 
he can solder them together. <laughs> <laughs> or he can ask for a volunteer, hand him the iron by the tip, and say, never hold an iron this way. Yeah. yeah. How, how's that meme go? If it smells like chicken, you're doing it wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, and don't clean off a soldering iron with your hair. I know that from experience. Yeah. Lord uh, have mercy. Commodore, the Commodore thing is called Commodore Retro Expo, CRX. And it's happening. See ya. Right. Okay, it's happening as we speak in Vegas, live from the Bunny Ranch. Um, so, <laughs> Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but perhaps we'll get some correspondence, either live video or maybe just Jim calling in. Um, so that means that we need to plan on a retro talk tonight. We don't know the exact time. We will stay tuned to the Discord channel. Uh, Mark just posted the link crxevent.com um so yeah stay tuned to the discord channel let's see what time jim brain thinks so usually we try to do a retro talk around nine o'clock florida time um is uh, just based on who's here now who is interested willing uh, able uh we have one show of hands mark overhosel says yes what i need you guys to do though is i need i need you guys to chime in on discord because last week it was like 10 minutes to 9 and nobody had said anything for hours about doing it after dark so I'm like ah nobody's interested so you know around 8 o'clock if somebody says yeah I'm awake and I feel like doing it post a little message in the Coco Talk lobby on Discord saying yeah I'm, I'm, I'm cool for an after dark so Mark Overholzer says yes uh, Diego how about you last week at 9 several of us were in Zoom chat waiting ah right I'm probably there for a while William Carden says, Vegas, come for vacation, leave on probation. <laughs> so uh, what happens here stays here. All right, so we're going to tentatively say we're going to try to do a retro talk after dark tonight. Hopefully we'll have Jim Brain on. Time to be determined, but tentatively uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time, which is roughly five hours from now. So we're going to begin the closing ceremonies here on the um, – on the 72nd episode of Coco Talk. Uh, so let's say hello and thank you to everyone who's been in the live chat today. Curtis Boyle has been in the live chat. Uh, Nick Morota. Did we hear from Nick Morota today? I don't recall. Anybody hear from Nick Morota today? Uh, nice. Mark Overholzer was in the live chat. Tim Franklin. Tim Franklin last week said he recently um, recovered from open heart surgery and he still joined us on Coco Talk. I don't know if Coco Talk is what you know made him have to get open heart surgery in the first place. So maybe apologies are in order. Uh, Mark Overholzer was visiting us last week from his daughter's wedding. Uh, dedicated, unlike Curtis Boyle, who came up with some lame excuse why he couldn't be on the show. <laughs> um, Rob Inman's been here. Uh, we haven't heard from Nick Morota this week at all, right? So Mark Overholzer, Tom C. from Jersey, still waiting to hear from Nick Morota. Um, Rob Inman, Nick, oh, there's Nick Morota. Yay. Uh, Tim Franklin is here. Diego was here in the live chat. Jason, the Cocoa Man, who was here, um, uh, who could not make it due to bandwidth. So uh, Rob Inman, Nick Morota, Coco Tower, that's Roger Taylor himself, Tom C., Coco Man, Mark Overholzer, Richard Lorbieski, Nick Morota, uh, Mark Overholzer, Curtis Boyle, Dwayne Folin says, am I allowed to ask what this series is? And I believe we answered him. Yes, we were talking about the color computer and things that old white guys talk about, apparently. Mark Overholzer, legendary gamer, came in and said, trash. Uh, who knows what the hell he's talking about? Uh, Nick Morota, Dave Phillipson was with us for a bit. 
and uh, and had to go. Grant Leedy was with us for a bit and said, sorry, guys, but Richard Lorbieski's products are making me sick. I've got to leave. Um, he had to pull one of these. Oops, one of these here. There you go. Uh, Nick Morota was here. Mark Overholzer. Bill Noble stopped in and said, hey, guys. Alexander Wallace was here. Uh, Nick Morota was here. Uh, Paul Barton stopped by. Uh, I think Nick Morota. David Ladd made a presence and said, hello, everyone. Uh, Fartwiff. We had somebody named Fartwiff stop by. Hey, Fartwiff. <laughs> uh, Tim Franklin was here. Kyle has been here. Kyle, how do I pronounce your name? Is it uh, Eater or Etter or Ater? I'm not sure how to spell, uh, how to pronounce your name. Wayne Aaron says, hey, I'm running late again. Too many projects around the house. But at least Wayne Aaron isn't at Sam's Club today. Uh, with us in the panel, we have L. Curtis Boyle, Mark D. Overholzer, Brian Weisler. James Diffendaffer, Richard Lorbieski, Al Hartman, Nick Morentes, Diego, Bruce Moore, no longer with us on the call, was Grant Leedy, and um, David Phillipson was with us, and uh, I don't remember who else is here, but we're going to start phase one of the Coco Talk outro, so um, think of your closing comments, and we'll be back here in just a minute, folks. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's hey, leading Bill live Noble. talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email Better. to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. If you love the color computer like we do, then visit imacoconut.com for all your color computer links needs. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit 256 if you'd like to become a patron of the show, visit the Patreon link on our site at CocoTalk.live. CocoTalk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Morentes, Ron Del Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Karen Anscombe, Simon Jonason, Wayne Campbell, There's Steve Diego. Batson, Brian Joyce, John Strong, and Barry Nelson. Special thanks to Steve Bjork for for production suggestions and Brian Joyce for our best of episodes and bonus content. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew podcast at cococrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest at glensideccc.com. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at go, the number four, retro.com. Tandy Assembly at tandyassembly.com. Boyson Technologies at boyson tech.com. Get your own switcheroo at cocoman.biz and cloud9 technologies at cloud the number nine tech.com coco talk is hosted by steve strobridge co-hosts technical directors segment hosts and producers curtis boyle david ladd grant leedy mark overholzer ron delvo and jason reichert production motivation steve bjork the coco talk theme i got copyright these. 2008 by d bruce moore and greg shillar mix produced by d that. bruce moore coco forever people and let's not forget a very special thank you to Roger Taylor for getting us on the Coco TV channel on Roku. There's some old white guys. This show is pretty much all old white guys. Yep. <laughs> but hey, we are not, uh, we're not, we don't racially profile. We'd let any old guy of any color on the show if necessary. Uh, you just got to be old. <laughs> so Kyle says it's Kyle Edder. It sounds like a D, not a T. Kyle Kyle Edder, who's also a recent, recent patron of the show. Thank you, Kyle. Um, 
perfection production motivation fart whiff (laughs) (laughs) i'll puke to that yeah so um yeah so uh uh, mark you were speculating that maybe fart whiff was trolling but we've been trolled by the best we've been trolled by jim brain so this except no imitation we've got troll senior we've got the master we've got his padawan richard lorbieski troll juniors here but we've got some of the best with that sexy girl troll earlier too yeah We've got some of the best in the industry, so fart whiff, you are no match for the veteran trolls that we have on this show here. Um, production motivation by fart whiff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he needs Actually, to log off or he might get grounded. Here we go. I'm going to dedicate this episode. The closing title here is going to be fart whiff. There you go. So your name has been immortalized right here. So fart whiff is here on screen. Trolls. Fart whiff is what we will call this episode. Fart whiff. Um, yeah, we got. I don't even know what we would call this episode. Maybe we won't, won't give it a title. It's just episode seventy-two. Oh, Hot air. Yes, the show about nothing. Um, so uh, the thank Seinfeld you. episode. Yeah, the Seinfeld <laughs> episode. <laughs> we had somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-seven, twenty-eight people simultaneously watching us in the multiverse. So thank you all who watched us. For those of you who watched us. Um, hopefully we'll be back tonight with uh, more hot air, maybe some more fart whiffing, and hopefully some uh, Commodore, uh, Comdex, uh, Vegas type stuff with strippers and, and prostitutes. Topic. And maybe a topic. Yeah, let's not push it. Let's uh, not push it. Well, Commodore stuff and fart whiffing is the same thing, isn't it? Mode <laughs> 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 uh, 64. Uh, that harkens back whiffing. to the old 80s. Episode 72, take a whiff with what Rob says. There we go. All right. That's the winner. Take a whiff of this. All right. The Dutch oven episode. All right. So let's let's hear some uh, post-closing credits here. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Antonio Jimenez, author of such projects such as The Steve Floor Devil and the SD Pack. And you are watching Copper Talk. Okay. You you're rolling, Curtis. You say whatever the hell you want to say. Well, give me some kind of guideline. Um, hi, this is Curtis Boyle. Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to Coco Time. All right, we're rolling. You say whatever you want to say, David. They should grow, sweetie. Weekly, any computer, something like that. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing Daggereth like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk. Thank you, David. Uh, now get back up there for one second. Oh, jeez. What? What? Let's get some drive wire, uh, TTL, no, ESP. No, we don't need any drive wire or TTL. Hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Jack crew of people. Hi, we're on Delbo Timberman. I guess to uh, experience Coco Fest, you must come. I brought the only working MC10. I could not get Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Good the world's leading weekly Coco Talk Show. Yeah, something like that. Hi, this is Rick Adams, and I'm the author of uh, yeah. Temple of Bronze, Shanghai, and now Bomb Threat, and you're listening to Stephen Stroke on Coco Talk. Yeah, Rick was with us earlier.
yeah, MPI. Too. You know, floppy drive, Coco SDC, um, sound speech pack, Orchestra 90, RS-232 pack, modem pack, uh, Super IDE. You start adding all those together if you want them all usable at the same time. Well, guess what? You just went over the four-slot MPI. There we go. And whatever you do, do not go over the four-slot MPI. Yeah, Fartwiff, we have decided to name this episode after you. Uh, Fartwiff just came back. All right, so thank you, Fartwiff, for being here. Thank you for giving us the inspiration, uh, like like what uh, we were talking about earlier, when you have a piece of artwork and some cover art, how that inspires you to make your game. Well, Fartwiff has basically inspired this entire episode. So thank you for that inspiration. Uh, it's been great. Look forward to a, a retro talk after dark tonight, tentatively 9 p.m., but that time might change. If you're not already on Discord, you might want to check out the Coco Talk Discord channel, and we'll post some stuff in the Coco Talk lobby, hopefully, as we hear from Jim. And we'll be back, guys. Uh, uh, before we yeah. go? Yes, James. Uh, Brian uh, Weasler posted in the Zoom group chat. Uh, he said, can Nick give a plug to where people can get his games? Uh, oh, Nick, do you, you want to plug where to get your games? Uh, uh, okay. Um, the problem, well, you can get them directly from me. There is a website I'll that I um, talk about, Popstar Pilot, and it shows where we can get it. But it may be better now for people in America anyway to just get them from um, uh, Steve's um, connection. Uh, what, what What's your link to that? It's the, the retro swag shop, 8bit256.com. Yeah, yeah, plug for that because that might be uh, yeah. quicker for people. Um, right. When, when you go to the swag shop, the, one of the links says DVDs and software. And so the same link where you can order like these, the um, my gameplay DVDs and the Coco Talk DVDs, at the bottom of that page is uh, a link to get Popstar Pilot in a DVD case. Uh, the actual disc is a CD-ROM, but it's in a DVD case, um, and that's the that's the same. It's basically the same packaging Nick made, except it's a one sheet instead of a folded um, thing, um, and it's shrink wrapped the whole nine yards. <clears throat> so you can um, order it from there, and then that that'll ship anywhere in in the world. And I think what you were saying last week, Nick, that people didn't understand, because I think Al was not following you, too. What you were trying to say was it would be quicker to order it from there than to order it from you because of mailing outside of Australia would take longer. That's right. right. Al, yeah. uh, it only took about, what, two, three days uh, for well, delivery I, for Al? I, I ordered on Saturday, which meant it probably shipped on Monday, and I received it on Friday. There you go. So you got it within a week. Whereas uh, ordering package, professionally done, the CD was not a paper label stuck on a reportable CD. It was a really nice professionally printed CD. So it was actually printed. the The label was printed onto the CD, and there's a lot of great content on there besides the game. There's the Coco uh, Fest video. And then there are every one of Nick's previous games for the Coco, and with manuals. So it's all very, it's all very nicely done. So I might do a Facebook page uh, or entry that uh, describes that better because that might be um, better for people. Yeah, to and and I think I think. Um... And there are pictures on the the site where you order it that has pictures of the inside of the package 
Right. I'm going to pull that up right now. I'm going to show you guys the Retro Swag Shop because uh, if you yeah. haven't been here, you're missing out. So here's the Retro Swag Shop, 8bit256.com, right? And so when you click on T-shirts and mugs, this is that that should be pretty self-explanatory, right? T-shirts and mugs, right? Your, your shirts and your coffee mugs. If you go to DVDs and software, that takes you to a link where it says click here to order DVDs. Um, this also has a link where you can order Bomb Threat on CD straight from Rick. This has got a link to Forest of Doom and a link to contact uh, Timberman to get that. But I really should put a separate link on this page here that would link to, I'm going to do that after the show, but I'm going to put a picture of Popstar Pilot and then link it. But where that link would take you is if you say click here to order DVDs, here's a couple of different DVDs. So here's two of my color computer gameplay videos and here's Popstar Pilot. And so if we were to click on that, it will come up. And like Al was saying, you can see a picture of it. So this is the front of the case where you can see. If you hit rotate case, you can see the back of the case. And I think if you hit rotate again, you can see the sidebar. Um, this is what the CD looks like. This is your little insert. Um, so yeah, it's a very nice, it's, it's basically, it's, uh, it's the same package that Nick created. The only thing Nick did differently is instead of it being one card on the inside, he has a little mini booklet that folds up. And so, and that booklet is on the CD anyway, so okay. anyone wants it can print it out. Right. So the the versions you got from Nick, he actually produced them himself. So those are hand produced by the by the master, forged in the flames of retro. Um, these are mass produced by a company that does this. You know, so this is all machine machine generated. But yeah, the quality of the like Al was saying, the printing of the CD on the label, very good quality of all that kind of stuff. And um, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you should get one of each. So you've got all the variants (laughs) of that. So this is 20, 20 bucks plus shipping. And I just need to remember to pay that money to Nick when it comes in. I don't see the money for like a month. So remind me to pay you again, Nick, when that comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You need need to pay Nick. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So if if you want an original, if you want an original made by the author, smelling like a kangaroo's backside, uh, buy it from me. (laughs) And written written in crayon, too. That's right. Uh, it'll take about two weeks for delivery, though. Uh, otherwise, if you want it a bit quicker, yeah, order the one from the swag shop. Uh, it'll come a bit quicker. It won't have the smell of kangaroo's ass. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so people can choose um, well, whichever way they, they prefer, yeah. And it looks like right right now, it looks like there's free shimping on, on the T-shirt side of the swag shop. Wow. So there's there's a code where you can get, for the next 11 days, you can get free standard shipping if you spend $40 or more. So if you click on redeem, here's the code, FST3. So if you want to get a t-shirt, um, now's the time. I haven't really plugged this too much, but I'll go ahead and click on this real quick here too. Um, this is a poster I created, and you can get it one of two sizes, 8 inches by 12 inches, that's what she said, or 24 by 36. Now what you won't see here too clearly um, is that they intentionally kind of blur the images. But these are three different cards um, that were autographed by the attendees of Coco Fest this year. And this is a high-resolution scans of those autographs. And they're all slightly different. And not all names appear on all three of them. And then here's the logo that Ron Delvaux created. And then here's the little Coco Talk logo. So there's like a little poster of the autographs of everybody who attended Coco Fest this year. So you can get that as a poster. I plan on doing also some uh, deluxe editions of the Best of Coco Talk that will have high 
high-res scans of these autographs. So there will be signed copies of the best of Coco Talk available in the near future. I've just been too busy slash lazy to, to update that on the website. But that'll be coming soon, too. Um, so, yeah, good segue and nice way to kind of plug the swag shop there. But that's one way to get Popstar Pilot. That's right. Uh, um, does that mean we have to go through the uh, the closing credits again? Mm, <laughs> no, I think we've beat this one to death. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I should probably – we should probably take your Popstar Pilot commercial and put that in the rotations too uh, in the Coco Talk uh, commercial playlist. I'll update my website to the, to describe your link more because I'm probably concentrating now on um, on my gun star. I probably have less time to devote to Popstar Pilot manufacturing. So, yeah, 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 we're trying to move production to the US. There you um, go. There you it go. It will still so, ship. It'll still ship internationally though. Oh, it'll still the, ship internationally. If anyone really yeah. wants to buy a kangaroo's ass smelling version, well, <laughs> they can still order from me. But yeah, I'm just thinking it's it's smell-o-vision. That's right. I mean, I do support and anyone who buys a copy from me automatically gets um, a copy of the game and the manual via email straight away. So they can play it, you know almost instantly after they pay they just have to wait two weeks at least two weeks for the actual physical copy which has all the rest of the material but uh we can do the same thing with yours as well anyone who buys from uh from the u.s uh distribution uh, well if they can talk to me and i don't know we need some proof that that is the case i guess uh, i can email them the um the disc if they uh Right. You know what? You know what we should probably do too, because you've updated Pac-Man to one point one. Maybe we should update the ISO file, and I can, um, I could remaster the the uh, the image that gets produced. And so, if anybody buys a new one, they'll get Pac-Man one point one on there. Hmm. Uh, No, well, maybe on that. Not not the end of the world. No. Okay. All right. Well, we've beat this one to death, but hopefully, in about four and a half, five hours, we might be back on the air with some. Uh, red light district Commodore footage and who knows what else uh, there you go Dan Shepard sm- <laughs> Dan Shepard said arse smell is an upgrade that's the deluxe the deluxe edition that's the box set <laughs> and, and to honor this episode we're Partly. renaming pop star pilot poop star pilot the box set comes with the original kangaroo shit yeah package it's it's instead of using like popcorn peanuts they'll wrap it in dried kangaroo dung so it'll remain safe in shipping and have that fresh kangaroo crap smell when you open it up <laughs> it also helps prevent thieves this is a very appropriate way to end the show. Who was that guy? <laughs> Who was that guy that was in the uh, chat that you said? Oh, fart with, yeah, fart with the fart with edition. <laughs> I, I, I nominate kangaroo crap as a replacement. <laughs> kangaroo crap. I don't even know how to spell that, but we're going to sign off with that right now. Kangaroo. Is there two O's at the end of kangaroo? You need a boomerang and a switcheroo as the perfect companion. There you go. So <laughs> kangaroo crap. <laughs> we now sign off with kangaroo crap. All right, guys. Coco Talk episode 71 is ready to take its final dump. We are out of here. Oh, it's Thank 72. you. 72. 72, 71. Yeah, Who's that was counting, right? Star pilot shipping that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I think this show's gone to the toilet. So yeah. right <laughs> Dan Shepard says, what a shitey way to end the show. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. Thank you for watching. We'll see you later on tonight. Bye-bye, everybody. Say goodbye, everybody. Say Bye, goodbye. Everybody. Say goodbye to Nick Morota. Say goodbye, Nick Morota. <laughs> Bye, Nick Morota. Take care. And, and we must not forget that uh, Rick Adams was on the show with us earlier, too. Don't forget Rick so. Adams was on the show. <laughs> Thank right. you. You're too kind. Thank you. You're too kind. Stevie, don't forget to pay Nick. Don't forget to pay Nick. Yes. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're signing off.